time like I did as a referee. Hello, everybody. Welcome to my podcast. That's the name of the song. This is Junkie to Burger Gangs, and I'm here in the studio. We got a couple people hanging out tonight. We may do a break challenge. We may do another one. We tried it last week. It didn't go so hot. Uh, we have an, a couple of fishants in the house this week that could help us out. Um, also, we have some NPC news and uh, some race news. And we have back in the house with us Dane, who I cut out his whole uh, intro on the last episode. Everything he told us about himself, I just went ahead and cut right out. So welcome to the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. I'll let this intro music roll. You guys sick of this music yet? It's almost over. But anyway, this is a uh, creative writing. I'm gonna turn up the switches and uh, tell these bitches to get out of stitches. All right, <laughs> all right, everybody. Welcome to another fabulous episode. Anybody in the house know? Everybody was here. Everybody was on this episode last weekend. Even though you weren't here, you were on. No. The, mm. Does anybody know what damn episode it is though? No clue. The the one guy that shouldn't know knows. Yeah. Well, I've only done one, so if I didn't know the number of that one, I'd be totally. He's trying to earn his keep. All right. (laughs) Yes, episode one seventy six, Creator Riding Motorcycle Podcast. Uh, Welcome back, everybody. I hope you liked last week's uh, junk pile. I still have forty five minutes of uh, Wiggins talking, so he didn't have to show up for like the next two weeks. But I'm so glad he's here in house, so we can yak a little bit about uh, this weekend. Plus, Jay. If we do, in fact, do a break challenge this week and we actually talk about break stuff, I will take the punishment because (laughs) I messed up this last week on uh, the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge. And Dane, you still live in the United States and work at a wolf (laughs) and and volunteer at a wolf sanctuary. I don't even know if we talked about that (laughs) in last week's episode. Okay. And you probably don't want that to be known. So I should. I sh- might have to edit that Dane out. Dane loves the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I just turned Dane's phantom power on. He's probably going to blow your eardrums out. Um, so, yeah, welcome, everybody. This is uh, Creative Writing. And as usual, uh, mostly as usual, um, we're all looking at birthday cakes on our Instagrams, and I didn't prepare any show notes. Uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Just like the last 100 and at least 70 episodes, I think there's six where I might have prepared some notes. Right in by the seat of our pants. <laughs> yeah. All right. That sounds just about right. So yeah, um, this last weekend, a lot of fun, uh, cool stuff happened. I hope Jay went down to the uh, vintage bike show like I told her to. Wah, wah. Oh, no. no. Oh, no. Did it rain down there? No, it didn't rain, didn't but we rain. were working on the tiger, yeah. and then we had to like smash out some uh, street names. 
That sounds kind of nasty. Smash out some street names. <laughs> that sounds like something I did in college for extra That's money. A new sex move. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna smash out some street names. Um, yeah, let's talk about the tiger real quick. Uh, I'm kind of upset because you got a bike and then I actually started working on it. Where I got two of them and threw them in the backyard <laughs> until one fell all the way apart and one's working on it. So let's hear about the smelly, uh, smelly tiger. Well, it's driving me nuts because, well, I took it for the first test ride, which was awesome. So much fun. I posted the video of me uh, doing my little kickstand maneuver. Um, <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it rode pretty great. Like I didn't have any issues. Uh, it's got pretty good torque right off the gate, which was why I was nervous when I took it out of the driveway. Yeah, I saw it, you. I saw you wheelie like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was like I was trying to get a feel for the throttle. And Ashley's like, why is it every time you get on a new bike, it's like you pull the throttle all the way. <laughs> Yeah, because you want to know how much fun it is. I guess it's just like an instinct, man. It's the Uh, fun meter. You have to know where it goes. Yeah, but it it rode really well. It was so strange feeling like I was so tall, but I definitely get, like, I felt adventurous. It's like being tall, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it was amazing. It's a nice tall bike. It gave me a good view. I have to get used to the wide handlebars because that's something I'm definitely not used to. Right. So, like, splitting, I was really nervous splitting because I'm not, um, like, acclimated to the width of the bike yet. But um, it handled really well. Uh, The only issue is that there's definitely some burning clutch that I could smell when I was, like, out of light. I smelled it. The previous owner lubricated it with cat pee, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, it was just cat pee lube everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but the clutch is making a weird noise. I don't remember. I think it was when, when it was in neutral, when I let off of the, when I let off of the clutch, the lever, it started making this kind of like, almost like a grinding noise. Hmm. Like kind of like, it's like a, it doesn't sound like a good noise that it should be making. Make a good noise that a tiger would make. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it should be sounding I think like if your clutch makes that noise too it's also got a problem <laughs> um so we have to crack open the clutch next uh free chance that we get but then also i have an electrical we must gremlin crack him. so when the owner of the bike was telling me that he was having um battery issues like he took it for a ride one day and then he came home and the next day he was gonna ride it and the battery was dead so I was like, okay. Mm. So we checked the fuses when we got home. I checked the wiring. I did notice um, uh, one of the cable, the, an accessory cable, I think it was like a piggyback uh, pigtail. It was sheared off. So half of the wire was sheared off. So I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the parasitic draw. And so we threw in uh, my lithium battery that I had in the garage. It started up. Everything was fine. I took it for a ride. And then two days later, I was like, uh, let me see if it'll start. And it wouldn't start. Hmm. So I checked the, the voltage on the battery and it was already drained down to five five volts. Wow, damn. Yeah, so something is definitely sapping it. <laughs> it's one of those like vampires from the movies that comes and sucks like voltage. <laughs> yeah, those are on. the worst. And it has a bunch of like <laughs> accessories on it. Like it has heated grips. It's got... Um, yeah. It's got, that's what I've heard. (laughs) Go touch them in the garage. They're probably like on fire. Well, they weren't, they didn't, they weren't hot. They're just wired straight to the battery. But the way, you know, that's the thing though. The way that it was wired, I don't know what the part is, but it comes off 
and it has the positive and negative, but it has like a plastic cover over it, over it with a fuse. Do you know what that is? Yeah, it's the starter relay probably. That's what I thought it was, right? So it's wired. Is it a big fuse? Yeah, it's like 30 amp or something. Yeah, it could be a starter then. So it's the all of the accessories the are yeah. shoved into there and wired right there. Is that, do you think that could be causing it? And that's, so that's the wire that's powering all of them? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably not good. That's what I thought, because <laughs> when the, I opened it up, I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, usually the starter wire is pretty direct. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually I mean, to that solenoid and then to the starter and yeah, then to the ground. you should have a small something. wire to the solenoid to click the solenoid over, and then it should be a fat wire basically to the solenoid and then out of the solenoid. Yeah. yeah. So all of the accessories are wired in there. So I'm thinking my my theory is that it's probably something from there. So I'm gonna have to, I'm just gonna take off all of the accessories and then um, recharge the battery that I have and then see if I still have that issue. So <clears throat> yeah. So none of none of the accessories are factory then. No, they're all just all, wired to the. It was all after, so yeah, it was they're all like so when, it, when when I turn the key on, they all get power. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, it was definitely a DIY the, job, yeah. I could tell. And then so. they drain it all from the battery. And that bike probably has in the fuse box a couple open fuses for accessories. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you could do what I did in the eighties and like run one of those wheels off the t- back tire that has like a couple of leads <laughs> coming out of it. So the faster you go, what the brighter your lights get. What are your theories on like uh distribution blocks? Uh you know what you should do, dude, is get an M. You like one of those, uh, like M unit, the you know? M gadget, uh-huh. ones? yeah, those and just are like, like 300 bucks. Though. I know, but think of all the trouble you'll save rewiring your whole bike. For, yeah, for I was considering it because <laughs> I was like, the best part is you probably don't need all of your accessories, you don't really need heating. I'm not, grips yeah, and, unless like, we go on a long trip, so that's why I was gonna take that. Until off. You turn I do want to keep the lights on there though, so. I think that was the only one. Do you have and poor circulation? Or do you have diabetes? Maybe you do need uh, heated grips. My yeah. hands get really cold. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. My, Mine, I, too. Even in, like, January and February, it gets yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah, when we took the trip up the coast for New Year's, like, my hands were purple, yeah. dude. Like, I stick I, mine in my armpits, but then it's really hard to use the throttle and brake, you know? Well, like, that's, it wasn't helping yeah. that my gloves... Man, the warmest. It wasn't helping that my gloves had, like, holes <laughs> in all sweat. the fingers, so all of the cold air was <laughs> going straight sweaty. in. And then they just freeze again. And I didn't have the... Uh, you have, like, hobo fingerless gloves? And you're like, <laughs> I oh, why, why am I so I cold? I'm so cold, I don't know why. That's cheap. Cycle gear, like winter gloves, are great though. Yeah, because they're like twenty. Or 30 yeah, but bucks. finding them for women in the size that I need is damn near. You're telling me? No, it's not because I got <laughs> I got some, and I guarantee your hands are at least as big as mine. Yeah, I don't know what I they're at now, but I had some. Yeah, Dane, this is the small hands podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, you're yeah. sorry you're hanging out here tonight. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have a hand measuring contest. <laughs> I have a box of gloves for all of us in that door. <laughs> Dane, sorry, you can't have one. Well, the nice thing about the Tiger, though, is it has really big, massive, like, hand guards. So mm. that's nice. Yeah, those are knockers. Look, there you go. There's, there's yeah. yours, Jay. Is that a Street Fighter uh, Tiger? Yeah. There, there's Jay, like, on <laughs> Yeah, that's tiger. what mine's going to eventually look like. <coughs> I'm trying. I'm not going to rat this bike out, but I have this, like, thing that every, every bike I touch turns into ready <laughs> imagine imagine ashley sitting on the on that you get a speed bump. two I feet above because um i swapped out my saddlebags and i had a t- i used to have a tool bag behind me on my seat and that because i'm like small 
um, the seat, all of the average seats, I slide back in them. But the tool bag that I had kind of like supported my ass. And so now I took it off when I switched the saddlebags. So now every time I, I take off from the light, I like literally slide back like six inches. Yeah. And I, it's hard to wheelie now because my legs are getting chafed because I'm like gripping the tank so much. That's the problem I had on the other sporty. It's yeah. got like a nothing seat on it. So if I would even roll on the throttle hard enough, I was like flying off the back of it and the fender's only like four yeah. inches long. And the, so. I have to hey. take a picture of the tiger seat. Sounds like I you don't guys know need a saddle in with gripper. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hey, know. What's that material that they make like for smartphones? It's like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like adhesive, but it is like slime. Uh, it feels slimy and then you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't it's know. Not I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where they like throw it on the dash yeah. and it stays there. Just make a seat out of that. <laughs> It pulls your pants off, and you're just like, whoa, shit. the same stuff they use for sex toys, right? Except for it's... (laughs) That's the opposite. (laughs) Yeah, except for it's super grippy, not super... you know what this this Triumph looks like? It got a uh, um, makeover by a car. Well, the thing is, is that we're looking for a seat that will work for us on the Tiger because uh-huh. this seat—I don't know whose ass it's designed for—but it's fucking massive. Like the length of it is yeah. when I sit on it. I told Ashley, I was like, when we ride two up, we'll just double up on the front seat. Yeah, you <laughs> could ride there's three up for both of us. Right. Well, you got to figure you're really small too. Yeah. And these things are made for. Yeah, like six foot four. Yeah, everybody from like our our size to because I'm even I'm a foot and a half shorter than you to uh, a gigantic (laughs) you know ape European ape that might you know a lot of people ride triumphs that are apes. Yeah, Uh, Corbin would make like they'll make a custom for anything, right? Because I'm thinking of just doing Corbin. Or you get that stuff that we're talking about that you throw your cell phone on and it sticks. I think to do a custom Corbin though, you have to go up there. Yeah, Uh we were going to go up there. Or that Saddleman's local. Saddleman's right here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, remember when we were talking about, I think, was it me and you, Wigs? We are talking about seats. We were talking about bike seat heights. And, like, sometimes a bike could be low, but the seat is so damn wide that you right. can't put your feet yeah. straight down because well, they have to go out first. The yeah. Too. But I you don't know how narrow- they can make the Tiger any more narrow because that part is actually pretty thin. I think it's just the chassis yeah. is wider in that area. You just need to wear platform shoes. I did see you take cool. off and I was pretty I, impressed. I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable like, with the height. Good. We we used the lowering plate because I had a lowering plate on it. It lowered it about half an inch and that was like enough for me because it, it's, it's basically uh, a little bit taller than the banana, but I had no problem. Like, I came up to stops and everything. So I feel really confident on it. I'm not worried about that. I'm just concerned about Ashley because she doesn't have the the experience with the taller bikes. Yeah. She hasn't really ridden the yeah, banana or anything. Yeah, yeah, this this is going to come. Heavy yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's going to come into play when we do our Escape from L.A. challenge <laughs> where <laughs> one of us is going to survive and two of us are going to – well, there's going to need to be two new people in this <laughs> podcast seats because two, two of us are going to be eaten and one of us could be the host, the new host. I had a dream about that challenge. Did you? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I must have gone to bed thinking about I, it because it was like crazy, like Mad Max stuff. Yeah. Li- listen, we all have Mad Max dreams, but <laughs> when we have this Mad Max reality, I've been scoping out stuff online. I actually was talking to Darwin uh, from Law Tigers, who, by the way, congratulations to the winners of the Sacramento Mile giveaway. And, and sorry to the winners of the Sacramento Mile giveaway. <laughs> and sorry. Have you not heard the news yet? Uh-uh. It is postponed. Oh. No. Yep. 
happened? That means even, even though I mailed the ticket late, and they'll still get there on time. No, just kidding. They'll yeah. get there in time for them to get them. Set for August 10th. Shut up. Oh, wow. Is it, it's not raining right now, is it? I don't know. They're like, They're hey, just let's predicting? push it to a month where it's not going to yeah, rain. I don't know. <laughs> wow. I did not hear that. So congratulations. Yeah, they said pre- Precipitation in the area and in the forecast. No way. So Lodi's canceled too. Shush your baloney lips. Yeah, there's yep. supposed to be rain down here like later this week. What? Yeah. yeah. When yeah. did when did California turn I into do Wisconsin? No, because I I just took the waterproof saddlebags off my bike and I was like, God damn it! There's like three days that are supposed to rain. And every day in Long Beach, it's been really really cloudy. Yeah, it wasn't that sunny here today. Because we haven't had rain for ten years. Well, yeah, it's all, it's all, it's like, hey, can we come visit? Everything's just shifting. Everything's melting and then shifting down. (laughs) Can we come visit like (laughs) we used to back in the day? Yeah. Um, So, hey, congratulations to the winners of the Sacramento Mile. At least, Law Tigers will be sending you some cool swag, and uh, you'll get a couple cool creative writing stickers and a little letter from old junk man. Um, So, listen. I didn't know that it was getting canceled. Thanks, Wigs, for the update. Uh, you guys, those tickets, uh, they're comp tickets. They should be good for whenever it, whenever it happens. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, they'll, I'm sure they'll still yeah, be good. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to honor everybody's tickets, right? Yeah, yeah, they will. Wow, so crazy. So congrats. We had a huge shakeup, by the way. We had um, Jane won, and Jane got her tickets. Um, John, we announced the winner, and then he emails me back, and his dad is was getting... Um, interned at uh um what's that really famous cemetery not the one down the street lawn. no <laughs> I, I could open my email app and look the uh arlington i think oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 so yeah so his i think his dad it was a really wonderful cool story and he's like so i can't go and mm-hmm. so i had to uh redraw and it was a toss-up between Mark and Otis and uh, and Jason, a guy named Jason. But Jason said, if I win, forward my ticket to somebody else. It's Jason Goldmeyer from yeah. Wisconsin entered. It's a long way for him. To yeah, get yeah. <laughs> so he actually did win one of the draws, and so I forwarded it to the next round. And uh, the draw came back, Mark and Otis. And Otis took the triumph. Took the triumph. I'm looking at a picture of your triumph when I said it. Uh, Otis took the win and won some tickets. And Mark, I offered Mark to come onto the show tonight. No, uh, no reply. So I don't blame him. <laughs> I, was, I wouldn't want to come on and talk to some jerk face that told me I lost either. But, um, but yeah. So we had like amongst that, I was scrambling because I was like, oh my god, like the guys who won. And I'm given Darwin their info, like didn't really, one of them didn't really win. He says he's given up his ticket. So, uh, I had to scramble out to Darwin to make sure you guys got your stuff on time, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Sacramento mile rained out who friggin' knew. Um, speaking of racing and miles, that was the first mile of the season too. I was so stoked. I know. So Sacramento will be the first one now. It was supposed to be the first one. I know. I know. But now they're going back East. I think to Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento, Idaho, or Iowa. So, uh, Illinois. <laughs> Illinois. Or not Sacramento, what I say? Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> um, I'd like to see Sacramento, Illinois. If there's, a sta- if there's a city called Sacramento in another state, I'm sure there is. Uh, s- send us your picks. There's lots of Springfields. Yeah, I know. That's where The Simpsons is filmed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Springfield. I think that's why they picked Springfield. Too. I think so. Um, I got a chance to see some half mile racing this weekend. Did you? And uh, yeah, and one of the guys was voted uh, best hair and hooligan by Scotty Dubler, and that guy happens to be sitting right across from me, Christopher Wiggins. Tell us how it went down, my man. Uh, I don't know. It went down. <laughs> it was the worst I've ever seen that track. I think. Really. Yeah, it's kind of a shame. Like, it's a shame that at that level, that's the track the riders are handed. Like, it's dangerous. It doesn't make for good racing. It didn't look like Austin, at least, and it didn't look like that X Games one that had a big old hole in it. I yeah. did hear him say there was a hole in turn three. I didn't I didn't see it, but you found it, right? Yeah, I definitely found it. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of holes going into one. Like, for practice and qualifying, it was very, it was like breaking up. Um, everyone was scared to put more water on it, but it was also coming apart. Like they didn't put water on it early enough in the week. Um, and it had rained, uh, like the, like, wow, what the end of the week before or something like that. So maybe they were worried about it being too wet. I don't know. It definitely wasn't. And it was like, just coming apart, like just nasty. Um, so it was super narrow, like single line and holes going into the corner. It did look Um, dusty. Uh, I have to say that. Yeah. And then it, it did get a lot better. Um, I tried the high line early on in practice, and there was just nothing up there. And then Morgan Mischler went around the high line, and there was nothing there. And uh, I guess he set fast time in practice. And then yeah, in the practice, cause I, I got there. I didn't want to get there super early in the day. Um, plus, I was doing something. I forget what I was doing. I can't remember what I was doing this morning. So what am I trying to do? Remember what I was doing Saturday? <laughs> but I rode out there. Um, and I got there right in time for opening ceremonies. Well, mm. they sang the national anthem, and then they had some more heats, so it yeah, wasn't yeah. quite like opening. Well, for they the have uh, the semis for the twins, I believe, after opening ceremonies. Yeah. So, so I got there like, a little bit before opening. I got to see some of the heats, and uh, I didn't see any any of the qualifying. I was so glad I missed yeah. all that. So I just saw like the end of the semis, and then the heats, and then the, the mains. So well, you just saw cool. the twins semis. Like we had already ran, uh, I think singles and. Um, I'm pretty sure, especially the production twins, semis, semis yeah. that already ran. So, yeah, I saw your three, the three hooligan heats. Then I guess is what. Oh, those you did were. see all those? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was that after opening ceremonies or before? I think it was after. Maybe it was. I don't know. Um, yeah, I like. I was in the first semi, and I watched. I like peeked my head over everyone and saw the pros taking a high line. I was like, sweet, dude. That's it what everybody was up. doing in the, you know, in the semis or whatever. Like they yeah, were they all were like up two, there. there were two lines yeah. really then, and the and fastest kind of guys pushed were into high. one. Yeah, so I was able to. I was on the back row. Of the semis didn't qualify very well, um, so it was kind of nice. I Joe Cop likes to start up on the groove, so and he had first pick. So we were on the, and since I was on the inside of the back row, since he went to the outside, I got to go to the outside. So. I got a pretty decent start and went around the outside and then was actually had like a three or four rider battle for like fifth and top five went. Yeah. Um, I know. I I saw you in sixth and then I was like, oh man, you didn't make it. And then he's like, because I counted guys, I must have counted one wrong, or one guy must have been really slow and getting caught up to, and I thought he was first, you know? Maybe. So then they're like, yeah, Wiggins makes it main. I was like, oh, shit, he made it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I don't know. One guy had a problem, and then uh, this guy, Stu, and I, we had an awesome battle going for like three or four laps where he was kind of stuck, but he was on the low line, and I was on the high line. And uh, so we'd like we'd separate in the corner, and we'd come back on the straightaway, and like it seemed like every lap I'd get like a half a bike length on him. Yeah. So I just barely started out running him on the high line, but 
it made for a super fun battle between the two of us. Like we'd separate into the corners and I'd look down and I was like, man, if I make a mistake, he's going to get me. And, and then we'd come into the straightaways and we'd be like too wide down the straightaway. Yeah, yeah. It was, super it was fun. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and that like, to me, that's like more fun than anything. Like having a good battle with one of your friends, like that's a good time. Yeah. So. And it was definitely, uh, I saw very few crashes, not no, known, um, no one, no one. That's how you pronounce it nowadays. Um, yeah, none of the hooligans. I don't. I didn't. No, see, someone did in a in qualifying or practice, like turn two or something. Somebody fell down. I forget who it was, but it wasn't bad. Like I didn't see any bad crashes. Uh, yeah, and I think the only one I remember for hooligans was practice or qualifying. Yeah, because he was in the semi and made the main, and then didn't go to the main. I was yeah, like, why not? They were like, "Oh, he's sore from his crash." Uh, Scott Jones. Scott Jones. Did he crash? He either crashed or broke his bike or something. He went down when I was watching. He could have crashed. Yeah, I don't know. Or I like know he didn't make the main. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He might have crashed. I in think his he semi. crashed, um, but it was like the little. He just got back up and kept going. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's definitely gotten a lot better. Like we used to have just huge pileups everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so what was the average speed you were going because the video the clip that i saw was like fast yeah i don't know um at least 200 yeah <laughs> into the straightaway at paris and the way they did the track it was bigger than what i've been on there before um the end of the straightaway was real close to 90 if not 95 like it's i don't have stock gearing on my bike but i was rev limiter in third mm. with i have a shorter gearing but stocks like 22 52 or 2352 and i had a 2052 mm. but it was on the rev limiter in third at the end of the straightaway and it yeah, was you guys yeah. look like you were zooming yeah it's pretty good there we were about two seconds off the pace of the twins uh like i was and then i don't know i think joe cop was faster than some of the singles riders yeah, that's pretty fast because the singles look super fast for yeah. 450s out there they yeah. were like hauling some buns like to take a 450-pound bike and yeah. be – so, we, you know, we weigh over 100 pounds more than the Twins with way shittier suspension, way less horsepower. Yeah. And even two seconds with them. And, I mean, in that case, you're can, you're basically comparing a pro rider to pro riders. But, yeah. you know, to be for him to be faster than some of the singles people was kind of nuts. Yeah. I thought, you know, you guys look pretty quick out there. Um I did not see. I was too busy trying to keep the action in the frame when you had like a uh, crazy moment in the in the finals, right? In the main. Yeah, I had a couple. I found some holes. Yeah. But it, the in one and two, I found a real good one. Yeah. And Matt, uh, Matt from my motorbike obsessions, just wandering around sees me in the crowd like he was expecting me to be there and then just like comes over like hey man like and i was like dude nobody knew i was coming to this like yeah you didn't know you were going until like friday or something yeah oh yeah uh saturday morning i was still kind of like am i going and then i was like hell yeah i'm gonna ride out there so yeah literally saturday morning i was like i think i texted you saturday morning yeah i'll see you in a little bit (laughs) because that's when i kind of figured out it was crazy like for the pros twins um it was a big mix-up Briar was leading the main for a while, or second in the main for a while. He oh, had Briar a better Bauman. day. Bronson yeah. actually, until the restart, Bronson was like fifth or sixth. I want to say something about this. During qualifying and even in the main, the during the qualifying and the, and the not the qualifying because I didn't watch qualifying during the uh, the heats, 
the, some of the fastest guys were in the back. Jared. Well, that's Meese, what I was going to say. Yeah, Jared Meese was Meese in the back. barely qualified. Carver, Carver didn't, didn't qualify. qualify. Jake Johnson didn't, didn't qualify. qualify. Carver took a provisional to be in the main. Um, and came in like last or second to last. No, he finished seventh or eighth or something. Carver did? Oh, Carver, oh. yeah. Yeah. It'll still be on my AFT app because it leaves up the last race. So yeah. it's always the twins. Uh I have like it was it was crazy. Briar Bauman was way back there. JD Beach was mid pack. It was like Larry. Well Pedro. JD Beach also false started or also jumped the start, so he had to go to the back row. But yeah, I'm saying in like in the qualifying though, <coughs> even like then, it was oh, like weird guys yeah. up front. Larry Pegram was up front the oh, whole absolutely. time. Like the restart kind of got it back to a little bit of normal. It was definitely a lot worse, but Mies was fifth. Briar did get up to second. He had a really good start on the restart, and then he actually hung with Brandon Robinson really well. Yeah. But, I mean, before the restart, he was like fifth or sixth, too. It was um, up until... Carver was 12th. Yeah. They were so far back. It was it was weird watching that. And then Bronson's up front during the restart, which Henry Wiles went down and then decided that he just wasn't going <laughs> to... Yeah, he knew that if he didn't move, they'd throw it red. Yeah. So he just played. So he just stood there and waited on him to throw yeah. it red. And they went around, and I was like, oh, they're going to restart, and he's going to be down a lap. But they, they actually didn't. did put him down a lap. Oh, did they? Yeah, uh-huh. on the finals, it says he was a lap down. I got you. So since so they, they did a lap. Um, but they did, yeah, they did wait a hole. Because they weren't, I mean, because he was fine, the so they didn't want to throw a red. They wanted him to pick his bike up and get yeah. back on it yeah. and get out of the way. And, uh, he pulled a hundred clean and wanted to like lay there. <laughs> so, because what they'll do, what happens is like, if you do that, like basically if you go down, you're done, like you're out, like yeah. you're half a lap down at, at best. But if you lay there, see where he screwed up is he should have laid there and act hurt. Yeah. If they throw a red, then you're at the back, but you've got to restart. And if you're good at starts, like you can, and you know, if you're faster than half the guys, you can pick up a lot of spots. Yeah. Well, like, like Briar Bauman was uh, half, you know, his brother's up front, or at least in second, and yeah. he is, he was like mid pack, like behind Meese, and then on the re- yeah. like in the in the restart, and he, he just got a up, killer yeah. start, and then was hanging with him too, which to me was weird because before the start, it wasn't like he was picking spots off. Yeah, um, yeah, it was an interesting race because the fastest people. We're not we're normally not, the fast people. We're not up front. And then yeah. Brandon Robinson, I don't remember where he was before the restart, but he, he took, was leading. He took the win. Yeah, he was definitely still leading before the start. And I don't want to say he's not normally fast, like how we were kind of saying that the normally fast guys weren't up there because he's already won one out of, you know, one of the races this year. Yeah. I think, you know, we're not used to saying his name up front because he was on an inferior bike last year. Yeah. Or Halbert, and Halbert was doing pretty good. I think Halbert. Yeah, he ended up. He ended up third. He got around yeah. Vanderkoy for third, but he was battling for the lead until the restart. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, and then he there was a gap too between Robinson and Breyer, and then back to Sammy. But it's weird again that like he was battling for the lead, and then after the restart, just was hanging on to third barely. Yeah, and again that goes back to the weird like. Like you were mentioning that sometimes their tires cool off and sometimes yeah, uh, but that's weird like stuff a happens. That it takes to so it, like that'll mix up in the start, but yeah. So it just it was weird that he didn't get back up there right away. Um, yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun night. It was fun hanging out with Matt, who is headed off to Japan here pretty soon, and uh, was telling me all about it. And I told him once you get over to Japan, you ought to get into auto race. 
because he's gonna have to get rid of his all of his bikes over here, and he's gonna live over there for a hot oh is few he? years, yeah, a couple oh. few years. So he's gonna be stationed he over got there. That flat tracker supermoto ready to sell. Yeah, I yeah I know. I was like, dude, you got that? Uh, he's like, I went out to uh, Apex, and then I was like, I didn't know uh, Milestone existed until you guys mentioned it, and then I went there, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, whenever he's ready to get r- rid of those things, oh, man, let us know. I, I miss having a supermoto. <laughs> it's like the last thing I need, but I really miss them. Yeah, I'm pretty badass. Um, we're going on a half an hour. I'm going to do a little quick break here so we can restructure and reorganize, stretch our legs, take a leak, all that fun stuff. And when we come back, my dog is going to harass Jay and Dane for some jerky. We're going to some spicy beef jerky. Yeah. And tomorrow my yard will smell like spicy beef jerky. All right. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Liza from the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. And when I am getting a root canal or something else really just painful and shitty, I like to listen to the Creative Writing Podcast. Because the best way to fight pain is with pain. Hey. The MPC, not the NPC. We are back. <laughs> Dane hitting us with some Skyrim uh, action there. 99. I think that's like any. Yeah, it's any video, video game. game. I know. I wanted to bring you tried, you tried to nerd out. I did. <laughs> Even I know that. Didn't Jeez. Work. He's got 99. Lately, lately, it's more known for just offending people. 99. Awesome. Yeah, it's a meme, What right? Skyrim is? Yeah. No, oh. the NPC. Oh, yeah. It's, like, I guess it's a way to make fun of people for not thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And they don't know what you're talking about, so it makes it extra funny. Yeah. yeah it's like. Like they got super butt hurt when they figured it out. <laughs> so, uh, hey, somebody else asked, "Am I the only one who watched it to the end where the name of the app is given?" Traveris. I saw it at the end. I'm gonna I name my. You. I'm gonna have another kid and name him Traveris. Is it supposed to be like travel and adventurous? Mixed well, it's together? like what's traverse. But what's Traveris. the U.S. Huh? I don't get the the end. Is it the last part. Or- Traverse. I feel like it's like adventurous plus travel. 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 Yeah. yeah. Tra- How would you spell it? Advent. You your app would be called Adventavel. I would just call it. <laughs> hey, let's go places and shit. I would just call it Advent <laughs> I'd call mine Big Fun Picture Map. <laughs> All right. Well, that's why we don't make it <clears throat> maps. But listen, uh, this is the. Uh, MPC update, which is mm-hmm. not the non-player character, which I really like. That's pretty funny, and that's not the um, Master Pickle Challenge, which would be sponsored mm-hmm. by Clobmans. This is the Motorcycle Podcasters Challenge of 2019, and uh, yeah, we are number one as far as I know. Yeah, always, we're always number one. Yeah, until I look at the actual <laughs> scores, and then things might change. I'm curious the miles on people's. To see, because I need to know how much we need to make up. Yeah, a billion. Yeah. You'll never, you won't know it till the end because I mean, do it's like cumulative. five iron butts next week. So, a quick, you, you know what? Sprocket, can handle that? You know what? Yeah. You're uh, with your rad cat pee lubricant on your uh, Triumph. <laughs> um, did, you, did you do chain drive? Yeah. Oh, man. I wanted to. Uh, a horrible idea. No go. No. Should I go back to Belt? Yeah. I wanted to give an update burn out one more on the MPC. 
Because Jay and I had a setback last week. Very few mm-hmm. reasons for chains. Womp, womp. Day, Dane was I here. I'm going to turn these fools down. There's one. Say something, Jay. Hey, what's up? All Tell right. me about it. Tell these, me about how you failed us. How you failed our team. I thought you were going to say how you feel. And I was like, I feel <laughs> yeah, terrible. How do you feel about being failure? <laughs> well, here's what happened. Last week as we were recording the pod... You may have noticed, or or not, through the magic of editing, I may have cut out <laughs> quite a bit. But old Junkster got a little quiet there for a I, little I, bit. I could tell something was up because you had like a scowl on your face. Did I? Like I your pissed? face looked like something was going on. And I was like, he either somebody died or something <laughs> happened. Sort of somebody died. <laughs> no, I didn't. Sort of lack of showering. <laughs> Absolutely not. None of that bothers me. What bothers me is not being able to get into my... Facebook accounts and everybody you know how much we love Facebook already mm-hmm. and then to not be able to get in so I try to get into the MPC um, submissions uh, force field gate what is that called the M- <laughs> the page and um, something happened and uh, I tried from three different I have two different Facebook accounts, I guess. Three, because I have one that's just a page. It's hard to describe. I don't even know how Facebook works anymore. Mm-hmm. Probably everybody on the dark web has my information, and somebody was trying to log in as me at the same time is probably what happened. But the weird thing is my uh, my blog is that I hardly ever use, except for to post w- or episodes every week, is linked to Facebook, and it updated Plus, I got like a site lockout notification on there, and I don't know if it's because they're linked that it shut my Facebook account. Most likely, Out. something yeah. happened. When things get linked, then or if there's like a, a suspicious activity, they'll usually just like yeah. lock you out of everything. Something happened, and I'm not saying it was in another podcast team trying to sabotage our. Yeah, that's what I said. I said Russians, and somebody's like, "No, Mueller said there was no collusion." He didn't. He didn't say that actually. There's, but whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. So what happened was something happened, and we got locked out. Coincidentally, it could have been in the morning because I hadn't used it since like eight o'clock. Or I posted some stuff the post the night before. Like, do you normally stay logged in, or do you log in every time? Um, no, I'm. I stay logged in, but obviously, I don't post stuff while I'm at work. So I schedule it for the uh, night before, obviously. obviously. <laughs> Plus, I'm not like that Thank big you. on Facebook and all that great stuff. But I will schedule stuff. And I scheduled something to go out at 8, 8 a.m., I guess it was, 7 or 8. I forget what it was. But I saw that, that w- after I got back in the next day, I saw that it was there. <laughs> and so I hadn't actually like been active on the page since that posted. And it posted the night before, which is like when my website updated. So... It could have just been like one whole big computer glitch that happened. But whatever it was, the point of the story is we can talk about dark web and deep state and all the stuff later. The point of the story is <laughs> is that I tried to submit our mileage and I waited till the last minute because we were recording the pod and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it. you know. And then when I went to do it with like 10 minutes to spare, it wasn't working. And so I freaked out. It, it wouldn't work and... After like the fourth time, and I couldn't get it from any account that's linked to it, I texted him to John, and then I said, "John, listen, like I can't get into my Facebook thing." Mm-hmm. I figured out the next day what had happened, and I had to reset my password and all. I had to do a whole bunch of stuff. I had to reset like all my uh, page passwords and this and that. So what happened in the challenge was they didn't want to disqualify us because last year you would submit your miles every week, mm-hmm. and so it was a weekly. 
challenge. And I think, and that was cumulative at the end, but it was weekly, week by week for sure. And this time they're like, yeah, we'll make it easy on ourselves. We'll have everybody submit before the challenge starts. And then we'll just add them up over the course of the three weeks. Mm -hmm. And what has happened was since we didn't submit ours, uh, don't eat that spicy stuff again, man. <laughs> po- podcast over if we if you guys <laughs> melt over up, there. Yeah, um, double trouble over here. I scratched my eyebrows. Oh man, came yeah. Out. No, I, got that I have a story about that after the MPC wrap up. But um, but yeah, it's kind of funny. I think I think you should be able to join the challenge, and I might bring this up. They have a roundtable at the end of every challenge to say, well, like, what would you change? I would say it doesn't matter when you come into the challenge if your miles are cumulative. You, as soon as you report them, yeah. somebody reports them the day before the challenge actually starts, yay for them. If you don't report them to like the third week, you're dumb, but it, you still, it doesn't, shouldn't matter. But um, it, at any rate, ours didn't get recorded. So they were like, well, we want to be fair because some other people didn't understand that the cutoff was Eastern time. Well, what if the cutoff was just like midnight, whoever, whatever time you're in? Mm. What would the difference between well, having because two different time zones? I don't know. Like, would that give anyone an advantage? I don't. It would just be hard for the admin to record it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because then they wouldn't actually record it until the next My morning. My other big, big, huge, fat suggestion is. Don't rely on Facebook for it because <laughs> they've actually talked about that this yeah, year. Because it's Facebook, just so hard. one of the like, admins, I feel left out. In yeah, a way, you know, one of the admins got locked out. Now the thing is, most people do. Most people have Facebook. Even Wiggins has Facebook. <laughs> the guy who I don't know. Why do you have Facebook? You <laughs> don't you hate Facebook? But I don't, I don't use that often anymore. You can't really like do. You can't really do what you do on. Facebook on Instagram, you know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. can't have a group and then you can't post like a whole bunch of consecutive stuff, especially right, all the media, especially stuff, chronologically yeah. with, you know, right. all that stuff where they can search it. Just, it doesn't work like that. So what about Instagram? That's what I'm saying. You can't do that on Instagram. What you can do on Facebook, you can't yeah. do on Instagram. So yeah. it, face, uh, Instagram literally is pretty much just post or uh, pictures, right? right, with right. Like, I just like pictures. Yeah. So. That's all so, I have attention spans. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So basically. Like, cute dog. Motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so basically we had to, w- the, the rule that they made was, okay, we'll give everybody um, that didn't make it this week you can submit your miles next week, but you have to do it after the cutoff, which means after right now would, it would be, uh, in two minutes. Um, it'll be midnight and, and then I can submit my, miles. and then you could submit yep. your miles. That's what I'm gonna do. So between the cutoff for the week one miles, which will be at midnight Eastern time, which is in two minutes or, and before they draw the actual letters for week two, which is tomorrow at 9 PM Eastern. Eastern time, so 6 p.m. here. So make sure you submit. You have like a. I already have the email. I'm going to send it. I'll yeah. Have, I'm going to take a picture. Is that an 18 hour window you have to. Uh, hmm? That's like an 18 hour window to. Yeah, yeah. Submit. I'll just. Yeah. I, before I leave here, I'll just send it out. The. The workaround too. I mean, if you have a, more than one bike, you have to submit your new odometer anyway. So I guess you could have swapped bikes in week yeah. one and just. Uh, well, I wanted to. I wanted to take. I was like, "Oh, let's take the Say, tiger. swap odometers." <laughs> no, it's not, what's an odometer? It's an. <laughs> it's an audio meter. I guess this bike has one. A bio. Whoa! What if you had a biometer? Oh, a I bio think meter. Here. Really yeah, strong. his is through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. And I work with the wolves all day. So uh, yeah. Stinky. Yeah. You got, you've Out got that desert. serious musk. Yeah. yeah. I know I you work with. Before I came over, wolves don't live in the desert, do they? I guess yours do. They don't. 
like it. They really want to relocate to like Malibu or something. Yeah. Because it, it's too much. They yeah. can't take them out. Wolves, I definitely would like to see wolves reintroduced. They take them out like super early in the morning for yeah. hikes and stuff, but then they're just done by like 8 o'clock because yeah. it's too hot already. I mean, I'm sure there was wolves like in old California, but who who knows what the they climate was They were pretty was broad like. ranging. Yeah. yeah. North America had a large population. Yeah. And then I'm, it's the red wolf I remember that. farther south. I'm pretty old, remember. <laughs> um, so yeah, the NPC thing. We're going to actually, what, what street? Are there, are there any like cool street names out by you in the wolf sanctuary the wolf sanctuary oh i don't know i mean i'm not familiar with the area i've only been there a few times so far well when i was going out when we were going out i i get to do like recon all the time because of my traveling so i'm just always like spotting streets and making note of it but one of the areas i think it was like by highland park there's a bunch of like four letter street names so in the past because i know nobody's ever done the mpc before in here um in the past the very first year it was just mileage they wanted they just they just want people to get out and ride so it was a bunch of different podcasts getting together trying to encourage each other to ride the second year they're like let's get our listeners in on this too right maybe they did that on the first year too i can't remember but the second year they were like let's get our listeners in on this and let's get um not just miles like let's do town names so they use a scrabble um, cool. Yeah, like a Scrabble system to score the letters to really get you some miles. In. Yeah, you get miles places and-, and yeah, and so you would be looking for these crazy town names. And then last year was the third year of it, and Girl on a Moto came on and brought seven thousand listeners with them. <laughs> and actually, everybody got a bunch of new listeners, and it started to turn into this thing where on the East Coast you have a bunch of townships and boroughs. And so since that's technically part of the city name, blah, 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 township, it was counting. And so everybody was going for – there's actually a a city that somebody got called King and Queen's Courthouse. What the hell? Something, (laughs) yeah. And that's the name of the city. It says it right on their post office and city hall because you have to go around and you have to take a municipal building with the name on it so that they know you're not just making up the name of a – place right so it's kind of didn't go and make your own town <laughs> yeah whatever you living here in la we could do that yeah just drive down to universal studios and be like hey throw me up a i mean there's a town like every five blocks down here so. yeah the the, the hard part is getting cool uh because they draw letters randomly out of a bingo machine, and the hard part is taking those letters and finding really long town names. So when you live in New Jersey and everything's a borough or a township, they were rocking it. And then they were like, well, to do Indian reservations count and like mm-hmm. this and that. And so it got out of hand last year. And so they were like, you know what, this year – we're going to go for lowest score. We're still going to use the Scrabble tiles, but we're going to go low. So Shortest. Er, yeah. That's and cool. and they're going to go for street names instead of town names, which last year I put like 2,500 miles on in three weeks or whatever the hell it was. Close to that, I think, or 1,500, something like that. And um, On that thing over there? Uh-uh. On this oh, okay. thing, <laughs> but the year before I put at least at least eleven hundred or twelve hundred like on that. Yeah, <laughs> I got a story about that last night. It was pretty fun when I was going to get letters, but um, but yeah. So they're like, you know what? Let's do golf scores and do lowest and make it street. So I feel like last year we were riding all over because you find a town and you're like, dude, I got to go get that. Me and um, Paul Bry Viffer, we're, we're the guy whose bike this is. We were, we met in Harupa Valley. Um, we met. We rode out to like I went to Apple Valley. 
um, on Spamla or, or this one, I can't remember, but we met, you know, it gave you a reason to like ride across the state halfway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at that face. Uh-huh. I just scrolled up on someone random person. That was funny. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we, uh, you know, it was fun putting miles on. So now that it's street names, it's like, we can kind of stick around closer to home. We're still getting out and riding. And, um, yeah, well, I mean, I just so wanted to say, I, I came into this, I was like, oh, okay, I was a little bit, like, not sure what yeah. to expect. After you read and the 43 pages of rules, you were kind of disheartened <laughs> well, we, a little bit? we went out on Sunday, and um, we went late because we had a busy day, and so, um, with the tiger and everything, <clears throat> and we went out, and it was so great because I, I travel around L.A. for my job, but I generally stay in, like, certain areas where the schools are. Um, but it was taking us to places like parts <clears throat> of L.A. that I hadn't that. seen before, huh? I said I'm forbidden from doing that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was so amazing. Like, we just saw some of the coolest areas. And then last night... We did four letters and we mapped it out on the map and basically did like a square um, traveling. We did, I don't remember how many miles it was, but it was so perfect the way it worked out because when we came back to our neighborhood, there was a street that was local and I think it was a hill... I remember Hill yeah. Street. Here, yeah, here Hill you Street. guys are. Oh, yeah, there we go. Here's you It was and Hill Ash. Street, and it was, like, up on top of this very, very tall hill, like, one of the tallest hills in Signal Hill, and it's, like, a really fancy, ritzy area, <laughs> and there was, like, a gated community, and um, we just could see the whole skyline yeah. of Long Beach and Signal Hill, and yeah. it was just, like, a perfect ending for the night because uh, it was local, so we could go home, like, right away because it was... Um, a work day. This hill right here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking at it on Facebook for everybody that's like I looking around get a for good a hill. Picture, like a good video because it was too dark. But yeah. like you could see like you could see all of the industrial areas and like the lights and like the little airport. Yeah. It was it was beautiful. Last year for R I rode down to Rancho Palos Verdes and went to the city hall and it overlooks the sea right there. It was a nice it was a yeah. fun drive. It was a that last year it was hundred and twenty here. And when yeah, I rode I down there it was hundred and fifteen. <laughs> I remember that heat. Yeah. Oh my god. Driving over the weird like to get to Rancho Palos Verdes, I didn't realize you had to like kind of go over these weird Container Island. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize you had to go across that, which is for those of you not local to SoCal, that's like a weird sh- island that's dedicated basically just to shipping containers coming in and out of the port of Long Beach. Yep, yep. And, and then, uh, like with those metal grates. Yeah, and stuff. it's yeah. like a metal bridge that you have to ride yep. over. It was all sketchy. Yeah, no, it, I rode on that in the rain one time because there's a school down by San Pedro and I had to go over it in the rain yeah. on the Harley. Yeah. Holy hell, so, that was. Does it was, go over the ocean? Yeah. Yeah, it goes over the yeah. port. Yeah, it's weird, and it's weird because there's like big trucks on it. Everyone's doing like a hundred miles an hour mm-hmm. too. It's like fast, and it's all like weird. Since it's in the air, it doesn't feel like cement. You know, it's mm-hmm. like weird, like grading or something. Can you see through it too. Some of it, like yeah, where the joints of. are, yeah, for sure you can. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was scary, like in the rain and stuff. And I was like looking down, seeing the ocean, and then I'm like slipping over the metal. I was, was gonna crazy. say on the metal, <laughs> on the rain, yeah, you'd slip yeah, on that stuff. Yeah, I was skidding all over the place. So yeah, it's some of the views like that you get are beautiful, and that, that's kind of why I like the cities because at least I got out. You know, that summer sucked because I was going out to Harupa Valley, which is like damn yeah. desert. You know what I'm saying? Like that's probably out by where Dane. Dane <laughs> does volunteering but yeah you do get some rad views and i'm gonna come out to the uh the old wolf sanctuary if there's a 
See, this year, everyone's getting three-letter and four-letter street names, which is mm. sweet. I, on the other hand, <laughs> have a different strategy. And you guys might think I'm nuts, but uh, I can assure you I'm not. And I'll tell you why. Well, I won't tell you why. But in our uh, Motorcycle Podcasters um, little Facebook thing, I'll tell them my strategy. <laughs> but yeah, old Junkmeister, are you shaking your head? I thought Wig was like giving me the like, dude, you're nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, uh, let's just say I didn't get the shortest names. <laughs> what were the flash challenges last year? Like what were the um, they did? I don't remember. Oh, one of them was to say hi to a um uh go like it was because it was around memorial day you know it's always almost the same time every year Mm -hmm. so it was go thank a uh, veteran or a current serve like a service personnel it's also if you remember last year there was that huge thing where people were like uh like on purpose kind of like assaulting cops like walking up to the cars and like really? hitting cop cars do you remember like black lives matter and all that stuff i mean it no. wasn't that long ago what's, sh- that, what's that group's name antifa, antifa? And they, were, they were the ones that are always like fucking throwing bike locks at people and mm. shit. yeah and it wasn't sh- i mean black lives matter was maybe not last year but it was shortly before yeah, that you know what i'm saying so everybody was kind of like hey who's this random person coming up to the car mm. you know what i'm saying or like who's this random person so i tried to go to a firehouse and nobody they wouldn't answer the door i could see that they were there but they were like probably like dude like if no, there's no you. fire yeah we're not buying there wasn't a sign that said no soliciting but i might as well you know and you oh, weren't yelling like fire, fire. yeah yeah you weren't on fire, i didn't have so a baby to drop off fire. so they didn't <laughs> want anything to do with me but um but yeah so they so did you have to like take a video of it or could a picture suffice no you had to take a video because you had to it had to sh- you had to say thank you to them mm-hmm. well a lot of people had like uh family members that were in the military and mm. stuff so they're like thanking them or first responders or whatever so we actually lost that flash challenge because none of us could get and and paul was flying out to india i think at the time and he's like dude no, um, he's like i'll try to get it but because I rode my bike to the airport and mm-hmm. I'll try to talk to and he's like, dude, TSA was not having like here in California, it was a little bit harder to get people. And this is the um, the Why host you just go down to Pendleton and just yeah. like it's I didn't feel Marines. like riding down there to a base. Yeah. And like, say, hey, hey, random Marine guy. This is the uh, founder and the host of Loud Pipes right here. He's the guy that started the challenge. Very um, nice looking fellow. <laughs> Very jovial looking. dude. Does he ride a Harley? He he does. He has a <laughs> he has a interceptor now and a R six. But he did ride a Harley for the longest time. He even had trouble, and he lives in like really? Virginia or North Carolina oh, wow. or something like That's that. Yeah. Shocking. So he, the guy didn't want to give his name. He's like, I'll give you my uh, my bat. I, I don't want to give you my name, my last name, but I was you know. Oh, he, did you have to have proof that they were well, in the service or? No, not necessarily. But you know, the guy just didn't even want to kind of be on camera. He kind of had to like talk him into it, and he's like. It was weird. So, well, I mean, I would, people, yeah, people were I, weird about it. If a random person walked up to me, That's I would what be I a said. little bit weird. I was like, food. with everything that was going on, I think a random person walking up and wanting to video yeah. a police officer. I mean, officer. I'm like very anti. Like, if I see yeah. someone taking a picture of me, I'm like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing? So now imagine being law enforcement with all the body cam crap that's coming out and like all that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, here's my submission. Um, not the shortest L I could find. But uh, how do you pronounce that? <laughs> it's technically Linderach, Russia, probably because I spent some time in the uh, Yucatan, and X is uh, pronounced right. kind of S H. Like Oaxaca. 
Yeah. Yeah, like Oaxacan we'll cheese or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's either like a or a sh, depending on uh, right. where it comes. So it's it's either Linda Raja or Linda Rasha. So yeah, uh, not the shortest uh, L. Mm-hmm. I also got um, Junipero Sarah as one of my words. Where the fuck are you finding all these weird ass uh, names? Dude, we, we <laughs> live right by the Spanish missions, bro. Oh. You know who Father Junipero Sierra is? You know where you should go? You should go down to San Juan Capistrano. There's yeah. a bunch of missions out there. So uh, I, the goal is to get the shortest letters, street names. Well, and you're I'm not doing a very good job. I'm not. And people <laughs> pointed that out online. But I want to point out that if I beat anyone in this challenge, <laughs> I'm going to come to your state or your house and I'm going to slap you with the rotten fish because the whole point of me getting these long letter these long point values I might as well just get nothing you know get no streets and get charged the full cuz if you don't get a street it's 75 points automatically mm-hmm. I might as well just not do that and get no streets but if if I beat you then there that really says something <laughs> So I want everybody out there to beat me. And so that's why I'm getting these crazy Did you tally values. up how many points you got? I probably have a bajillion. Yeah, that's probably like at least. And who who wins the games? He huh? with the most points. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. Yeah, I got Colorado. I got a bunch. So um, it's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. And I can't wait. I, I, you, you almost bounced on me. I was kind of sad. I was like, man, after you read the 73 pages of rules and you got frightened because yeah. they look like it looks like you'll owe somebody money or well, like, cause I was like psyched on the mileage thing just because of how much I travel yeah. daily. So I was just like, yes, you know, this but. chick right here, she rode across, she's in Texas right now. And she started here last year and rode to Texas. So there'll be some people doing that. Like yeah. you might've not been like, that's not you right. definitely would have been beating a lot of people, but there are some people that are probably going to do iron butts this yeah. year. So. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to do an iron butt nice. this coming weekend. So, Oh, good. Okay, sweet. Get yeah, in those, get in those miles. <laughs> so everybody listening that's participating in the challenge, including Zach that wasn't even in our group, but I let you in, and now you owe me some money uh, <laughs> to get out. That was my whole plan to let him in. Now he owes me to get out. <laughs> um, yeah, go rack up some miles, get some very low street when names. When are they releasing the next round? Tomorrow? Tomorrow night at a six-hour time. Okay. So if you tune into Facebook or whatever their little links they yeah. shoot out on the old webs. Yeah, they webs. send out emails. Yeah. That's where I got them last time. Yeah. So it's just it's just to encourage people to get out there and ride and have a good time and get some stupid street names. Be be silly and fun and Although some people are taking it very seriously and beating each other up. Well, I would see I'm very competitive. So even when it first started, <laughs> when I was riding out to work, I was just like I kept getting distracted. And when you're riding through rush hour traffic in downtown Los Angeles, it's you definitely don't want to oh. be <laughs> distracted. Yeah. But I kept I was like, oh, there's one, there's one. And I was like, fuck, I need to focus on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, where are the longest streets? <laughs> oh, man. So, but anyway, uh, yeah. And next year, uh, the flash challenges one year was to find a working a payphone and take a picture with it. You know how hard those are to come by. Yeah, that's a good one. And 
Yeah, what is that? Yeah, I know. You're you'll be thirty soon. You don't know. Those are be in train stations, I think. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. There's not many. Yeah. How are you gonna get your motorcycle? In a yeah. Train so I found one, and you got a bonus, like a uh, ten bonus points if you called from it, and I and mine oh, worked, what? so I called from it. I've seen more with no phone, but the old thing right. that says phone, like well, I'm does like, that count? It had to be a working one. It. No, it had to be an actual phone. So yeah. yeah, some people. One of the guys that was in um. Uh, Utah was just driving or riding his motorcycle across Utah and he's like it was one of the the wheel nerds podcast and he happened to see one like out of this weird like out in the middle of nowhere on some old like crazy uh probably used to be like route 66 gas station or yeah, something he's I think like, I've seen one when we went out to Arizona yeah they're random they remember at the airports there used to be like those huge banks of them mm-hmm. yeah like 20 people yeah um, dude when I was I've been through the airport the last like 10 years I don't think I've seen no yeah uh uh-uh. uh-uh. and now well because everyone has a little computer in their hand all the time mm-hmm. um I want to tell you guys that uh when I was right out of high school so this is uh 18 i can't remember the year but um there was a phone booth in my town um and i this girl that i was dating got off work late and like worked with like literally next to my house but had to go home and so she would drive home and cell phones weren't around at that time and we're, we're such bums and hobos, we didn't have phones. So I had to walk like through this little mountain town and stand in the one little phone booth that was just in the parking lot. It was like not even attached to a building. It was its own little thing like by the bus stop. Yeah, by the, yeah. Street, by the street. That makes sense, I guess. Like, yeah, you get off the bus and you're like, call your... So yeah, it was just like by the bus stop. And I had to call her and she had literally just like left where I'm calling her from. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, I remember like I was like 15 years ago uh, or maybe it was it was a while. It was like over 15 years ago and I was in L.A. and I my I think I had like locked my keys in my car somewhere in L.A. and I didn't have a cell phone and I needed to call somebody or AAA or whatever. Uh, and so I fucking walked everywhere to try to find a phone and yeah. i could not find one you know and it what was insane they have those cell i guess they're like solar powered um those ones on the Booster side of the freeway charger. oh you know yeah, what i'm yeah, saying yeah, like yeah, call yeah. boxes yeah, yeah right those are all solar powered yeah. yeah and i mean that's like the only public phones i know that still exist you'd think they would have them like but they like only dial nine one one. Oh, do yeah, they? Exactly. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I've never that's used it. It's just one. an emergency. Yeah. Phone. So you would think that they would put something like that around like college campuses in case like your phone gets stolen and you need yeah, to call. No, you know it's what I'm saying? Being or, it's just like money. Places are trying to get rid of money now. Like I went to. Uh, I'll take uh, it all. I went to Trader Green. Uh, Trader Greens. Uh, Trader Greens. No. Uh, Is that the Tender Joe's? Greens? <laughs> Trader. <laughs> I went to Tender Greens. Uh, Tender Greens out here. Yeah, it's called Tender Greens. Oh. Um, but when I went in there, they're like, there's a big sign and it said, "We Bitcoin are cashless." Only. Oh. And they don't take any cash. And they're actually, uh, they did that up in I think Oregon, I believe, because I read an article about it. Um, they're I'm not trying to make- sure that's 100 percent legal. No, there was a lawsuit because yeah, there was a store to, that was... You have to honor American right. currency. No, there was a yeah, store yeah, that was sense. going cashless and people were really upset because, you know, there's a lot of people who don't have cards, bank cards. Some people, especially if you're poor, I mean, I work their in communities in where people like just work, the they I mean, get paid in cash and like... And then to- it's like, and I don't totally disagree with this, but like say... The government decides you did something wrong. Oh, yeah. It just it's, frees all your assets. Yeah, yeah. Everything, yeah. Is yeah. All, so, everything is yeah, tracked. Everything is tracked. 
cash is still king for a lot of things. Yeah. yeah I don't want to go buy but, meth with my credit card. Let me tell you that much. But that's, I prefer the cash method. Yeah. So Unless that you use square. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but it's that's crazy. True. But so yeah, I'm but I don't think they can go cashless. Well, it's the thing. It's in Santa Monica, so I'm wondering if there's going to be a lawsuit. It's a federal. It's a federal thing. It's, and yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure about this. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, but. You have to accept legal oh tender. I think of what it government. is is it's hooligan a gray lawyer. Area. We need to start a comedy. Uh, a comedy. <laughs> I think skit. it's one of those things where it's like gray because the law. I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think that's a gray law at all. No, then no. that's because what? Is there a law that forbids you from? That's not what I'm wondering. You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because oh. that piece of paper is issued that. by the federal government. Yeah. Right. Shirts to, for and transactions. No shirt, no shoes, no service, but. No card, you have like to like pre- let them buy it. It's a legit business. I don't know why they would. There has There's to be some people sort of are fucking dumb. Or uh, they're probably doing it. I, I would think a lot <laughs> of businesses are trying to do it. Takes cash. I think they're yeah. just trying to push and then eventually change. People are trying to do it so they All don't right. have to deal with going to the bank. They don't have and to deal with cash. This, they folks, don't have to deal. I mean, there's a lot of security stuff with cash too. And nine minutes. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from Clubman Pickles and we're going to come back here and talk some motorcycles. Hey Junkie, I uh Moto G Pete here from the Nokomoto Podcast. I thought I'd just give you a call. Our analytics data for the podcast, it's kind of changed up. I was checking our numbers, you know, just to see if that ad spot had done anything for us yet, but all of a sudden like my screen is frozen. In fact, my whole like computer is locked up and it's just showing me a big picture of a pickle. Um I'm wondering if maybe you had any similar issues going on with your data. Um, wait, uh, hold on. Someone's at the door. Hey there, listeners. This is Patreon subscriber Narissa coming to you from inside my helmet in the land of beer and cheese, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You're listening to the Creative Writing Podcast because you're obviously ridiculously good-looking. For over 125 and a half years, no pickle has been more trusted by motorcycle champions everywhere than Clawman Pickles. You want to win your race? Put a Clawman Pickle in your face. Clawman's guaranteed. Clubman's in your mouth and a championship trophy on your shelf. Clubman's the only pickle for motorcyclists. Icon's got a bunch of I just missed Wiggins saying he should have got some assless chaps, but uh, should have yep. been recording. Uh, I promised Jay. <laughs> la- uh, I think in a text that uh, if we did another challenge, I would take the bound, curse. Bound to this contract. Y- yes. <laughs> I will take the curse. So we don't need to flip these the comically large coin of doom. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to let Dane flip it. Flip one. Here, flip the coin. <laughs> Jeez, I almost killed him with that thing. It's the size of a dinner plate. Are you ready? Heads and tails. Because Head, I, I have to automatically... Heads and tails you lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, I have to... 
do the curse for messing up the mileage challenge this week. Are you week. ready? Yeah. Heads, I win, tells you lose. Heads. Heads. <laughs> all right. All right. Lose. I all lose. Right. Here you go. Drum Pick. roll. You uh, got that sound uh, I do. I don't. Uh. Uh. Hang on. Wow. Blowing it. Uh, uh. <laughs> all right. I paused it so that you guys couldn't make fun of me. Here it's still go. going. That's a long drum roll. Okay. And it, <laughs> <laughs> this is a, the quietest drum roll in the world. Jesus, did you duct tape these clothes? They're sticky notes. You have to be stronger than a sticky note yeah, to open that. My finger strength. Now extra sticky. <laughs> no, we did this one last week. We can't do that one. Okay. You need I'm, this is a long drum roll. Okay. God damn sticky notes. All right. So it... <laughs> Ah, talk like a pirate, matey. (laughs) Well, I used to do this. Mm -hmm. This Really, you used to be a pirate? Yeah, I worked on a pier that we did like little harbor cruises and it was pirate themed. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have to peer into your enemy's eyes, matey? Well, Jay, uh, since I lost lost the challenge uh, question... Or the toss, I get to go first. So think about your brake system. <laughs> and remember, I know you listened to last week's show and you're like, where'd my segment go? <laughs> it has to be something someone can see on their bike. And I was so stoked on making fart noises and beeping out your words that I that didn't. That was a ton of fun. I was like, when you is were she? not listening at all. I wasn't. I was you like, I was trying to get the timing right to be funny. So then I was like, well, when is she going to start talking about ABS? And then like, you never did. And I was like, I told you that I was going to talk about something different related to brakes. I must have not been paying attention because I wanted to do this to myself. (laughs) I wanted to hear you talk about the biggest (laughs) in the world. (laughs) All right. Easy for me to do. Anyway. All right, matey. So, Buck, resign your carbs to the briny deep if you need to. Throw back a tankard of ale and sit back while I talk about floating calibers versus... Non-floating calipers <laughs> versus fixed calipers. And uh, First Mate Wiggins can be on my team and Dane can be on your team. How's that? And do ABS because I'll totally help you. Or I mean ABS <laughs> and I'll totally help you. Just do ABS. What are you looking up, ABS? You're like, oh, no, no. I found something on. Uh, Yay. All right, good. So Jay found something interesting. Sorry, I didn't know you were talking to me. <laughs> what am I on a team for? <laughs> yeah. You're cheering Because Jay's going Jay's to need some help. There. When the Crimson Assurance swoops down with its brake technology and smashes and broadside into Jay's crappy whatever she's looking at over there, <laughs> she's going to need a powder monkey to back her up in this fight. All right. Much... I wish I could. I wish I had this on call. It's I, unbelievable. I have it. I somewhere. feel like you were a pirate. I I was. I think he's been practicing. a butt pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a small pirate. <laughs> no, no, not a small. Although I did see a good movie about that. It was rated R. <laughs> All right. Well, I wish I had Wiggins' little drop where he says, you're going to say, I lose because I didn't talk like a pirate. Do you remember that? I've thrown that in here and there. Oh, I, have I, it. I thought we agreed to stop doing the talk like a pirate stuff, Yeah, but you brought it back. Yeah. Well, you know, these earrings, they're a buccaneer. All right. Uh, so my challenge, uh, bringing to you, Jay, yeah, you... Uh, you blimey bastard is uh, link. Or I'm sorry, floating calipers 
versus non-floating calipers. And uh, I wanted to tell you a little bit about them. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. Last, uh, last time I checked, at least, floating calipers and uh, fixed calipers were sort of like the what was your what did you do oh yeah ra- radial versus axial, yeah, axial. Yeah. brakes right and uh so f- so the axial as we know is uh, has a little bit of flex and give to it where the uh, the radial runs are you know master cylinder and uh, brakes offer a little bit of rigidity <laughs> so so fixed calipers and floating calipers are similar uh, in the fact that fixed calipers give you a little bit more braking force than floating calipers. And here, here's how it works. Hey, how much were those earrings, Dane? A buccaneer? <laughs> <laughs> Shiver me timbers. Shiver me timbers. No, I had no idea she's going to pull out, you know, pirate talk. I just like it so They're, much. They all said the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> And it all had my name on it. Uh, there was one decoy, and it was the one from last. Yeah, the one from, I was like, "Oops, I accidentally put that back in there." Whoopsie. Uh, so yeah, fixed calipers and floating calipers. Floating calipers. Here's how a caliper works. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with the disc brakes, and even if you are, you might not know how they work. You're like, "Hey, I squeeze the lever and I stop." So what happens is there's some fluid, not unlike a pickly brine, but it's not really pickle brine. It is a uh, it's brake fluid. I have some up on there if you want to take a drink. Some Jay, I think there's up there somewhere. <laughs> but anyway, actually, it's over by Wiggins. And he can tell you if you pour it on your paint, it'll take the varnish right off your uh, the scurvy bastard or whatever your ship is called. It's not very good for automotive surfaces either as it will totally uh, disintegrate. It's almost one of the best. If you want to take paint off your motorcycle, go ahead and uh, have uh, somebody fire some, you know, dot four at it and it'll eat the paint right off within a matter of days. Pro tip, if you have enough dirt on your bike, it doesn't affect it at all. <laughs> there I've you never go. never had any paint come off. Well, you landlubber, I don't know what dirt is because I'm too busy on the high seas day and night, <laughs> night and day, uh, fighting swordfish and all that. Um, so anyway, yeah, so you, you pickle brine and you put your mead in a uh, tube and it goes down into your caliper and it pushes against a piston. And the piston pushes a pad against the rotor. Oh. That's how you stop. You didn't know that, did you? You thought a little elf lived inside I there. Yeah, Fred Flintstone did and just put your feet down. Listen, on Spamla, you do, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Let me tell you, I went out last night, and I was like, at this speed, I'll never stop. I was lucky that the train track, uh, the light turned green right by the train tracks because I was like, I can't stop. Is it just rear brake? Uh, pre- it should be. I mean, pretty Engine much. brake and rear brake. It's drum brake all around, <laughs> and they're all pretty shitty, so... It kind of is like Flintstoning it. <laughs> you just gotta get some one of those squishy balls and use it during the day, so you can really squeeze that drum brake hard. Yeah. Well, I've squeezed the brake so hard one time that it popped out of the front. Like I think it's probably stripped uh, at this point. So that's a little scary. That's one way to do it. Yeah, a little scary, huh? So uh, yeah, so you're so I don't have that on my bike on Spamla. Uh, I throw out an anchor to stop, nice. and uh, I hit her. I ram her alongside any. What's another name for ship? I ram, I ram her along the starboard of any other vessel I can find, and that's how I stop. Uh, Jay thinks it's crazy to ram into people when she's riding. I think that's just how you stop. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So if you, if you're lucky enough to have disc brakes, which my my old ship didn't, my new ship has disc brakes, and uh, the crew was pretty pissed putting them on. 
just had to throw that in there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the caliper gets squeezed by these pistons that are on the inside. And floating calipers, not unlike floating bodies (laughs) that walk the plank on my ship... All right, enough of this pirate shit. <laughs> let's get down to business, or this could take five hours. Um, so yeah, the, the uh, what happens is there's fluid behind the piston, and it pushes it out, and it pushes it against, it pushes the pad against the, uh, the one side of the rotor, and a floating caliper, the caliper actually moves. So the one side has the piston, and the other side just has a pad. And when it when the fluid fills up behind the piston, there's nowhere else for it to go, so it pushes the caliper, which slides on pins. So once the pad hits the rotor on one side, the caliper kind of closes to itself. And that's a floating caliper, and they don't apply as much brake force as a fixed because you're only getting pressure really from one side, and then the caliper moves to do the rest. So it's not like they're they won't stop you, but, it, but, uh, you know, you might only have one piston, uh, stopping you. And, and it's because it's moving the whole caliper where a fixed caliper, uh, has y- your fluid fills up. There's basically like a, uh, a cavity behind pistons and you have pistons on both sides of the rotor. So when you squeeze the, uh, the brake, the pickly brine or whatever I said earlier uh, goes and it pushes both pads against the rotor at one time. So that's how you get this massive stopping power. Talk about the Titanic could have used some uh, fixed calipers rather than floating calipers. They might not have hit that iceberg had they been able to generate enough stopping force and maybe not been so drunk, right? They were wasted. On they the were f- <laughs> wasted. Yeah. Uh, the captain did a keg stand actually uh, right before the ship broke in half and went down. So that's how keg stands were invented. Actually, he was trying to stand. He's like, as long as my feet don't get wet, I don't know why he didn't want his feet to get wet. And then keg stand, and then he died. Uh, but yeah, so that is. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, floating caliper versus uh, fixed caliper. The fixed caliper does not actually move. Just the pistons move and they press the pads against the brake. Floating caliper, you can tell because there's not a caliper carrier. Uh, Floating calipers just have little pins that they ride on so they don't look as big as a fixed caliper because it has to move. Where a fixed caliper looks kind of massive because it sits around the rotor and... uh, caliper sits inside of it so whoopsie little sound effect there for you guys <laughs> my phone my uh sound effect board farted um more fart noises? yeah yeah are they all fart noises uh <laughs> let me see this types. one says fart this one says flatulence so they're not all farts <laughs> some of them some of them say toot on them but yeah so jay sock it to me baby yes so that was my, my best pirate impression ever by the way minute uh was pretty good yeah, no pirate, no no curse for me this week. Um, and my last minute madness searching for something to speak on because I did zero <laughs> research. That's okay. Wiggins, uh, how, how many times did you win off doing zero research? <laughs> like yeah. a plenty. Yeah, every quite a few. episode I've been on with him, he's like, I never prepare for the show. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, more Wiggins, more Wiggins. I need more Wiggins. I got a fever for the Wiggins. No. So I'm just going to pretend like I know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I'm going to speak on Buell and... Oh, their, not the ZTL. Yes. Oh boy, yeah, let's hear all about the it. zero torsional load worst system. disc brakes in the world. Wigs, I what feel was, like you have something. What was wrong with them? They I mean I have one. Yeah. What do you think about it? 
They generated. Well, let me t- let me talk about them yeah. first. Let me talk about them first. So uh, they have a patented inside <gasps> out wheel brake design. Yeah. So basically, the brake disc is on the outer edge of the wheel rather than on the hub. Yeah. Hang on one second, Jay. Yeah. You are a pirate. And that's that. Okay. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, I just put something. It was something for me. Oh, okay, okay. I love that nobody has headphones this week, so I get to hear all the funny little stuff. <laughs> um, you guys, I'm going to be cracking up over here. So, yeah. So, basically, it's an inside-out <laughs> braking system. And so, from what I'm seeing, it says that it allows the suspension to function better, improving control and traction because it's reducing unsprung weight. Did that, did that bend? Wheel. Yeah. What? Yeah. You know what? This is the crazy thing about the the Buells is that on most motorcycles, your brake disc attaches right, you know, close to the center of your hub and uh, keeps your rotational mass toward the middle. So, what's the difference? Because the ZTL, the brake discs are this big because they mount to the outside, and the caliper instead of facing down like toward your disc, it actually faced out toward the outside of your yeah, wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I get that. No, I was going to say, what's the difference? Because I know I've heard Wigs talk about this. I don't know the, the difference between sprung weight and unsprung weight. Can oh. you explain that a little bit? Yeah, unsprung weight is anything, or I guess sprung rate's the, the easier one to explain. Anything that's above the springs that the springs are holding up. So like your wheel and the bottom part of the fork, your rotor and your caliper is all unsprung. So okay. yeah. it's not the springs aren't holding it so up, how, right? What does, how does that relate to like riding? And so what? like, if you hit a bump, um, your wheel's gonna move out of the way of the bump in theory, right? Right. The less weight that has to bounce out of the way, the better. In a really basic generalization, but yeah. Um, it, in, in race cars, when I was racing, when I had this whole book on chassis building, and I never knew what it was, and there, that was basically their yeah. whole thing inertial moment and like so you want to have more sprung weight than unsprung weight right is that what i mean yeah you just want minimal unsprung weight yeah there's a whole just like load it just becomes low yeah there's a whole bunch of like physics that goes into everything else now when when you're when it's moving you know it gives you drag the the Um, the would just say like say your bike and your rider weighs 500 pounds and you have 100 pounds of unsprung and 400 that's not and you hit a bump right you only have like 100 pounds kind of moving but say that same 500 pound bike and 300 pounds were unsprung and you hit a bump how's that going to upset the other 200 more okay got it i mean so take all your brakes off (laughs) take all your brakes just put everything on a giant i mean if you think about it like you got two wheels and your wheels i mean the reason buell did it wasn't necessarily unsprung it was rotational See, that's what I'm saying. It's like you're, it, which makes even it less made sense the to me. Front wheel a lot lighter. Yeah, but it did have its issues. It's I mean, you're it's, you're taking the centralization of mass away from the hub where it's spinning, you know, and you're putting it out. It just didn't make sense to me. And I think well, that they overheated, right? Most of the guys. I don't know if they. Well, there's that's, yeah, there's that's two things on that. So it's traveling through the caliper faster, mm-hmm. which is going to create more heat when you squeeze your brakes. Mm. But there's also a lot more surface area to, to disperse that heat right. among the ro- Yeah. The diameter by the time it gets. Yeah. Back. And right. then you also have the other idea was instead of two brakes, you only need one because you have more leverage. So that's why there's only one side. 
And the biggest reason was that front wheel doesn't weigh shit because there's no torsional load on the front wheel now. Like your rear wheel still does unless, you know, you somehow bounded the sprocket to the outside (laughs) and did the same with the rear. But so the front wheel is super, super, super light. It's crazy. But the problem was the rotors were so big they had trouble warping. That's what, that yeah, right. That's what I I heard that a lot of guys would switch swap them back to conventional because of the. I haven't rotors. heard of anyone doing that. Oh, really? But I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I haven't heard of it. I what? heard I heard uh, a guy say it that goes to I mean, a racetrack a lot. So I don't know if he's yeah, strictly talking be. like they track could be. Bros. But you would have to do. I mean, to do it, you've got to replace the forks and front yeah, wheel. I've seen a hell of a lot of them with the stock one on there. I think he was yeah. seeing track days. Mine. Mine measured out good and it felt pretty good at Willow at the beginning of the day and it started to feel worse. So you I had could this feel detail? like a pulsing, huh? You had this system? Yeah, yeah, I have one at home. Okay. Um, and I have a spare rotor that I'll try first, but um, EBC makes a rotor that's like 170 bucks. So uh, does it go? It goes all the way around the rim. Mm-hmm. It bolts into the yeah. Rim? It mounts to the outside okay. of the rim As, and it's only on one it. side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they call and his proprietary name was ZTL because it's zero torsional load. But yeah, and that was his benefit that he believed in was because there was no torsional load, the front wheel can be a lot lighter. Why not do it on both sides? You don't need to. You have yeah. twice the rotor size. Yeah. And I think it has six piston calipers, right, or something like that. The newer ones did. Mine okay. does. But that was only a few rotor. years of it. Sixteen size, inches. Yeah. Like it's bit damaged too. Like if you that's true too, because it's on the outside of the. I mean the wheel. I mean it doesn't. Yeah, ride I don't on know the what you would really hit it with. Yeah, that. you would. It's the same thing. If you hit, you would hit your wheel. I mean you're looking yeah. at like you would yeah, hit your. I mean, it, it's not like it's like massively outside the wheel, yeah. but it's still. Turman has his fucking computer set up right here, and he hasn't searched it, so you guys can see it though. <laughs> well. <laughs> you mean making fart still, noises over there? Do they still make it? Do you know? Like, is yeah, EBR? kind of. When uh, yeah, on his latest bikes, which was a couple years ago, now they still had them. So one of the benefits, like if I get that bike running again, because I think all it needs is a fuel pump, um, I can buy an EBR newer rotor too. They took all the holes out of them so that uh, some of them were kind of wavy. Some of them were less. Whoa. Yeah. So, and they did, he did put a huge caliper on it. I think that was for heat maybe. But again, you have so much more surface to, to distribute the heat among. Mm-hmm. It's going to cool. It's. Do other bike makers use this type I believe of they're the only one yeah, that actually did it, it on it. a production so it's bike. it's just on one side? It's yeah. Just yep. One pad out? Yep. That's on a weird aftermarket rim. And that's with the Olin's. That is a weird one there. It's like an Olin's front end with big weird yeah, adapters. Yeah, and it's got like a weird radial yeah, mount. Weird. I would definitely smash that into something. <laughs> I mean, it's it's Drop tucked in. It's, it's and- not... Mm-hmm. It's not really worse than a regular sport bike rotor. Because a sport bike rotor is going to be 13 inches. So. Yeah. And look, axial mounted J versus <laughs> this really radial cool. mount one. That's, really cool. that's a weird, that's not a stock one. Uh uh-uh. uh. The stock ones were axial. The thing with the radial mount is you can't get it off. Like on a radial mount on a regular that's rotor, what she said. Yeah. is it, it can come away from the rotor because it mounts to the fork. How would you radial mount it to the fork? Right. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't. Yeah. Like when you loosen your bolts, it wouldn't go away yeah, from yeah, the, yeah. You'd have to have like, 
I guess if it had spacers in it, you could pull the bolts out and then remove the spacers, and then it would slide off out of the way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, see, this is definitely a six piston cal. You know, six pistons because yeah. you can. That, very well see three of them right there one of the older calipers though that yeah. red one is one of the newer ones yeah i mean it, it eight piston <laughs> it's like got 12 pistons. you know calipers. what it might be because it looks huge it looks like there's a i, I see yeah, three bumps you're, and you're thinking a four piston left and a four piston right so yeah. he just made it an eight piston yeah and it does have two full sets of pads instead of like one really long pad right right which a lot of four pistons have small pads you know on each side too so they'll run four four pads but it actually works great. I've had mine at Willow. Like I said, it was shaking a little bit, like pulsing, um, but they were known for the rotors crapping out. So it could have been, I mean, and that's a lot of different things. That could be cheap material for the rotor. It could be bad quality at the factory. Um, and for, you know, most people, it's not a big deal. But when it you start work, going to the track. Even though they were bolted that many points. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And it's usually... Everyone thinks warping is like this kind of. Right. It's usually not. It's usually like a weird waviness. Hmm. Yeah. Because you're not. So if your rotor is, I'm doing sweet hand signals now that the (laughs) listeners can't see. So if your rotor is like basically bent left and right, you're not going to feel that very much. What they tend to do, and I'm not really sure how, is they get like thick and thin. They wear unevenly. Yeah. And that you'll feel because it'll get it'll to a thin pull, spot right, pull. when it well, hits. That makes sense that'll, because of the size, because the larger it is. I mean, if you're breaking at one And who point knows for, where that rotor was made compared to the EBR rotors. And yeah. the EBR ones, you'll notice he got rid of all the holes. So I think that probably helped too. Um, right. So you can get uh, some of the a Black Lightning. Uh, I mean, EBR got bought out by the guy that owned Bill something from uh, Liquid Asset Partners, and they're still making EBRs that you can buy. Um, and they still have this crazy ZTL, you know what I'm saying? ZTL tooling, or I'm sorry, ZTL brake system on them. So, yeah, you can still buy. What is that? That's a, Oh, that's EBR? Yeah. Okay. Liquid Asset Partners, the guy, Bill Melville, I think is his name, he... Um, they went ahead. They bought all the <laughs> all the tooling and everything, and uh, you can still buy EBRs. Yeah, so you can still get a ZTL. How many bikes they produce? Because aren't they like oh, not sorry. very many, right? Yeah, they don't do a ton because they're like thirty grand. Yeah, yeah. The, and the, what were we uh, talking about? Was it on here when we were talking about like Modus and EBR is a perfect example of they're not expensive enough for uber rich people, mm-hmm. but they're too expensive for normal people, so that's why they don't sell any. Right. Uh, my buddy at work used to have one of these Buell, uh, he had a S1, but the trellis frame, and even those had like crazy, uh, they weren't the ZTL yet, but they did have. They had like di- one large rotor, right? Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, I that's the same that. size rotor as an RC51. Yeah. Like, checking the air pressure on a sport bike sucks. <laughs> it does, actually. Yeah, because the rotors are so, <laughs> so big, big, you can't get your hand into it. Yeah, I was checking the air pressure on the VFR and you need one of those flexi chucks yeah, because I bet, I bet my RC rotor is a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. Yeah. You need it. You definitely need a flexi chuck because I, it was so hard to get it in there with the, uh, yeah. my little metal one. I was you like, can't damn, get out of it from the other side cause it's dual rotor. Yeah. I, I actually, 
yeah, you can get at it better on one. Yeah, it's dual rotor. So, but when a when the thing's forward, I can get to it just because the caliper and everything's in the way back here. Like, there's no chance. I had to have it at the front and it like fit. But you know, I have one of those ones. that's like sixty degree or whatever. Yeah, and it points at the rotor. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, God dang it. So yeah, a flexi, flip, one of those rubber flexi ones at the gas station is like usually what I do when I fill it up. But yeah, man. So yeah, the, the Z- tire kick test. Uh, yeah, I do on my 18 wheeler, <laughs> get out and kick the donuts, uh, on my pirate ship. I do that all the time. You kick the wheels on. Your, I do on your by pirate. the tires. I have them hanging over the oh, side the so I don't right. smash into the, the docks <laughs> when I'm coming in port, hard port. port. Yeah. That's coming into port on, starboard. on the starboard. Yeah. <laughs> I do it backwards, bro. I don't do it. <laughs> Why be conventional? Yeah. I call my boat the old spaghetti factory, and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And I have bananas on board, it's a too. a restaurant. I know. <laughs> and a good boat. Uh, you want you ought to come on and swab the deck, matey, because I don't know which one of us won this break challenge. Are you done? I'm sorry. Uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have much more knowledge about it. It's That's pretty much the system. It's uh, it, reverse of it, traditional. It's reverse trike. It's reverse cowgirl brake system. And it kind of is reverse cowgirl brake system because... If you look at it, your caliper is pointing the wrong way. <laughs> Actually, that one that had the weird radio ones, it was so far out. It had to be spaced so far out because it's on the wrong, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that one was a weird yeah. setup. Yeah, that's weird. You'd I don't have, know what it was using for a caliper either because yeah. like, the caliper has to be made differently. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I was just thinking of that just now. Was it? Was it? Was the caliper sitting outside the diameter of the tire because... <laughs> Who said it worked? I mean, bikes don't have to actually work. They just have to look. You know, that's true. That's true. And uh, I think the uh, 19 or actually probably like 1899 to right around 1947 proved that because bikes, even (laughs) then, like the brakes on them were horrendous. And the point was go fast, but just don't run into anything. Because basically, just give yourself enough runoff. Yeah, if you go back and watch the early Daytonas when they're on the beach, um, there's a lot of dudes that would just like, "Hey, there's some sand. Like, I'm not going to make this corner. I'm just going to fall down in this soft, soft sand." <laughs> brakes schmakes. Um, but yeah, the ZTL brakes. That's uh, that was a good one, Jay. I'm glad you didn't just go with ABS like I suggested. Yeah, well, I wanted to try to have some sort of pizzazz. Right. The Crimson Assurance, the the old spaghetti factory would have surely come down and blasted your sails off. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. I didn't know about. I had no idea about the ZTL system, so (laughs) I learned a little something tonight. Wigs arbitrator, who won this week? Come back off the off the challenge. Yours is on a floating and a fixed. I mean, I'd kind of go with the ZTL. All right, Jay. Yes, won again. It wasn't even like. That amazing of a system, but it's kind of weird. It is, yeah, weird. yeah. It's interesting. I, it's different. It's not like I. The thing about this challenge is, I'm trying to like go for stuff that I want to learn something yeah. different and out there. I'm always interested in like unconventional. You know what? Me too. And that's one reason I really like Buell's is because he did fuel and frame. Well, not the very first ones, as you can see, like the S2, the Thunderbolt, and the. F- Whatever the lightning. He did fuel in frame? He did fuel in frame. Yeah. Oil you tank. You see my XB. The oil tank's in the swing in arm. In the swing arm. The gas tank's the frame. Oh, I forgot. So if you crash arm. the bike, though, it fucks it's up yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 That's the one thing. If you, there's a thing right on it that if you crash it, 
it says like you must replace this frame. You're not allowed yeah. to weld on it. Obviously, yeah. there's gas inside That's of it. Scary. Like even if you dropped it too, it's like uh, it, it can. Uh, yeah, mine's got like these big could, rubber kind yeah. of sliders on them, but I don't think they because do much. it could crack the it's like genius stuff though. Just don't yeah. crash your bike. <laughs> hey, yeah. what year is yours? Mine's the last year, I think. It's an 09. 2009. But it's also a hodgepodge of different stuff. XB12? Yeah. It's a uh, Do you know? Yeah, what? it was all parts and put 12R, together. 12R, 12S, 12SCG. We were talking about this. The S. <laughs> yeah. So Buell did a lot of like genius stuff. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he took a fucking Sportster and made a pretty good bike out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hey. Like, I, compared to like, sorry, Horses to compete with like Japanese bikes. That's right. Yeah. I'm a big girl. Um, I have some Sportsters and I'm trying to sell my Dyna to get another Sportster. So he <laughs> did like mind. some really genius <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what year is it? It's a uh, 97. Well, they talk well, about 100. this. I'm going to tell oh, you, maybe, I want a Sportster. I don't know. I well, have a little, thing, br- I chopped everything. I want a hugger if anybody's <laughs> got one. Does it run? Oh yeah. It oh. runs awesome. Or... I have XB12 a XB12 um, TT. I know he shut us off now. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh. So Buell did, um, he would do a lot of like super genius stuff. Like basically, I got the bike, uh, a friend of mine had it, and it was pretty well a shitty roller with no subframe. Um, so we had to change the swing arm because it was bent. The wheels were fucked. Um, so we like basically had a frame of the motor in it at one point. And there's a lot of stuff like, so the rear wheel's not adjustable. So you can go chain on it, but when you put it on, your chain's super tight, and as it all wears, it gets loose, and you can't fucking do anything. Yeah, it had a the way. But again, I don't believe cha- right here. Chains. There's a tensioner for the belt, but that ain't gonna. Well, what that is is because as your swing arm's at an angle, yeah, it, has it to, loosens, right, and as you right. sit on it, it tightens, so it helps keep constant right. pressure. So you really and you really that ain't gonna work for a chain. You yeah, can't, the thing is you like swap it to chain. Belts will hand, right. belts will handle most horsepower. <laughs> yeah, so you don't need to worry about that. The Death to belts is when you get a rock in them, and it like kind of. But when you're trying to be cool and you take all your belt guards off, yeah, (laughs) right around the dirt, they'll handle horsepower. Um, He was also really smart. Like the Lightning and the Thunderbolt were like pretty well the same bike with a different fairing and different subframe. Yep. Um, You know the front wheel was super super light, even with that big ass rotor on it. Um, The uh, the Lightning had this uh radical dual headlight and the thunderbolt i'm pretty sure had like a bigger had like a little fairing, fairing in the front. it had more of a sport bike tail instead yeah, yeah, of that yeah. seat like that thing it looked like your passenger is going to fall off the back yeah and then it had that ugly fender but everyone takes that off this part yeah yeah the exhaust was is under the frame that's the exhaust mm-hmm. and oh. that was one of the first bikes to do that and then right after that every sport bike on the market came out with that yeah ducati oh, still does it yeah, yeah. Um, Honda, I think, got away with it. Got, I don't know if the new CBR1000 has it or not. It was all about uh, sort of. He was really good about lower center mass. Right. Um, the, and the uh, bike was super weight. Again, for having a boat anchor motor, it was super light. I love I loved these two. He was one of the first guys to use clear yeah, uh, the, like polycarbonate for the cool. front, and the, and you could get it here over the airbox. Yeah, when you see those now, they're disgusting. Yeah, well, I don't. You know, some you people like it. Well, it, to me, it's just super lame. Like you yeah. see a fucking airbox, and then you see like a regulator on top of the airbox, like regulator rectifier or something. Some people would take that off, and you could see the butterflies. But of course, it doesn't have like all the stuff. Yeah, but you really want the airbox. Yeah, on, you so. don't. It, it wouldn't. Yeah, it mine had it. Luckily, my buddy had a black one, so I put a black one on it. I like. like well, yeah, they were like kind of techy and kind of nerdy. But you also have to think. 
like who that's, was buying Buells when they yeah, were out, you know? That's a sweet one right there. Just no, but, um, but yeah, everything was color matched. The wheels were usually color matched where a lot of bikes, you either get like black wheels or one version will get this. His, everything was color matched. Yeah. Um, almost to a fault. Are those headlights asymmetrical? I can't tell. From no, them. but no. one's, one's low and one's bright. Yeah. Um, the, so the rear axle is super, super light. Also a problem was they, they would bend it easily. Um, and the swing arm would bend pretty easy too, but like my rear axle is actually a little bit bent. We pulled one out that was real, real bent. Um, but it was all super clean. Like you had to use a really large Allen key, um, to get the rear axle out, but the left side of the swing arm is threaded. It's super clean how it all goes in and it's like really hollow and really light again, like to a fault, like a little too light. Yeah. There's a picture Um, of one of them. Oh yeah. There it is. Look how big that. Yeah, because this. it doesn't it doesn't adjust, and then to get the belt off, that little section comes out. Um, so yeah, like it would have stuff that was super genius, and then he did the CG model. That's this this one is the CG, I think. Yeah, right but you here. can't tell. Yeah, you can't tell, but he it had every, it had a little so bit more like, centralized. It was like every year he changed one. No, no, no like they were all. Right? They yeah, were he all did the, do a lot of that too. They were all at the same time, but, but he had the XB12. The XB12S, the XB12... There was a lot of different, like, S- little things, though. L, which had a like longer swing arm. Right? Like, mm-hmm. necessarily, like, yeah. to change the brake. Yeah. Like, like mine's real weird. Here and then over yeah, here and- we were having troubles with oil lines in mine, and because it had a newer motor with an older air cooler, I think. I mean, <coughs> excuse me, oil cooler. He changed how the oil lines went in, and I even bought a... Um, oil lines for the cooler and luckily i had like made them we we had two sets and they were different on both ends so i like cut off the crimped on ends and then just put the oil lines on and um hose clamped them and i bought the right ones and they ended up not working either because the oil line was a different year than the motor Mm. but so yeah a lot of stuff was good and and you're gonna have like small updates like mine has the better caliper um that's a little bit bigger so mine's like the eight piston instead of the six piston um and that was all like 08 and 09 stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, I forget when he I did I think that. a lot of stuff was just 09, actually. It got updates. He didn't yeah. really know he's getting shut down. Yeah. And still lame for Harley to shut it down. So this but, is the fuel tank. This whole frame right here yeah. is the fuel Yeah, tank. the fuel pump is like right above where the swing arm goes in. Yeah. So I have to like, I need to lift it up, um, undo the rear shock, and the swing arm will drop enough that I can pull the fuel pump out. But what looks like a tank is a gas tank too, or no? This no, it's is just an airbox. Air it's just an airbox oh, cover. Air well, you know, a lot of like the BMWs nowadays, that's just an airbox. The mm-hmm. fuel tank's under the a seat. A lot of them are putting them under the seat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, the Honda and the off road Hondas, like the, uh, the 500 and the 700, and the NC. And the new Indian too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there's, I mean, there's like it, a couple of bikes have done it over time. Like, I think a Suzuki, one of the intruders, has that or two fuel tanks. And so that's just airbox up, up I there. I like to hide them like under the yeah. Yeah. tank. But he did. Um, this is, it's ram air too. This this uh, little thing right here is a duct that rams up into there. So they all, I think the you can older see ones it. had a hole like in the frame where it kind of went oh, through. Oh, right, they right. Got, mine doesn't have that. The newer one got rid of it. It made it a little bit different. Yeah, see, this is an air duct. That's though. the oil cooler, I think. It, But the oil cooler wasn't mounted. Maybe. So air would flow through it. It was mounted like kind of front to back, and it had a little plastic scoop for the oil cooler, yeah, too. Yeah, I know this is an air duct for sure right I think here. the right side, but you're right. But that swing arm had, 
has oil, has oil in it because yeah, it's see, a Sportster. Oh, you can see it on that side. Oh, right. Yeah, it's the left yeah, side. This yeah. air duct, you're right. This air duct right here was for. Okay, that uh, one is an air duct. And then below that is the oil. That's the oil cooler. Yeah. The oil do getting jostled around in this swing arm. Yeah. You get like this, super aerated or anything. I mean, it's going to get jostled around in an oil bag under yeah. the seat, too. I would think it would get like so much oxygen. Right. It would get so frothy. I would there. think. The so, like an old solid mount sportser would shake it around worse yeah. than because yeah, that's going to be your like fine vibration, you know. But it so he did. When I look in mine. <laughs> yeah, right. He did this model <laughs> called the CG, and it was center gravity, and it was for people that were short. And instead of just putting a low seat on it or making that an aftermarket option, literally the frame and swing arm are different. Yeah. Mm. So like everything on the so. From a manufacturing standpoint, it was fucking stupid. Every single. Yeah. So he had a model that. I'm pretty sure. Oh, when you like. If you looked at him like this, you could tell him apart. But if you looked at him like this, you couldn't. Hmm. And like when you sit on them, they feel different. But it's like. There's. First of all, there's not a market like. Like Jay said, like she just figured out how to fucking ride. Like mm-hmm. it, you don't. Yeah, here's, I don't know. here's trying to the, lower it one inch by shortening the swing arm and the frame, and if, like which <coughs> lower put lower springs. The blast was a single. Blast oh. was a five hundred. Like yeah, yeah, it was a real hunk uh, of shit. Here, here's a CG, an SCG, and here's a regular S. I mean, the seat is about the biggest difference. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But the frame and swing arm were actually they're, different. They're totally different. Yeah, and the exhaust on this one was a little bit. It's more centralized. I forget exactly what was different on it, but it, supposedly it was like more everything on this bike was more centralized yeah. f- somehow. But yeah, he and then he had the lightning. Like you can see, this is a little bit different here than this one is. Yeah, it just looks. And they were they were their own motor for the most part. They won't fit in a Sportster. The old S one and S two will, and it's a super rad hop up yeah. for your Sportster. Yeah, these were their own thing. Um, the XR1200 was very similar, but it was actually a little bit different too. Yeah. Um, that was a proprietary or, you know, a, a from scratch. Yeah. Pretty rad yeah. European just, model. Like I said, some stuff was like, what a fucking genius. And some stuff you're like. I think that's how like invent a lot of like really genius inventors. Work yeah. Because they go, yeah. their brain and he's, is just like always going through possibilities. Yeah. And then that's how you kind of like throw spaghetti at the And wall. he's one of those guys too. Like he, I guess he's kind of an asshole to work for. Yeah. Um, I'm sure he's super, like, kind of Asperger's. Yeah, like, visionary type yeah, stuff. Yeah, so I, I get, you know, it, it I don't know. It, it, I'm also still bummed that, like, Harley got rid of him, especially seeing the new bikes they're trying to come out with, like. The 975 and all that great stuff. Yeah, it's a 975 and a 1225, right? Something like it's that, It's basically yeah. the same motor, like how they do the sporty. Yeah. But you know, when the. Just, you're building a sport bike and an ADV bike, like, yeah. Eric Buell could have. Mm-hmm. really good input you know like i said what he did with a sportster is unreal some of the one of the cool i like the ulysses there was actually a cop some uh, police forces had these the ulysses was an adv bike before the pan america which is re-coming out right the ulysses was basically a sportster and there's that this dude sick. that i met at ims a couple few years ago named carducci that does like pretty much uses the frame and motor from Sportsters and makes ADV bikes like bespoke from that chassis. Well, then all of a sudden like built well with the Frijole and like all the dudes running Sportsters in the 
Mint 400 this year, or was it the Parker 400? Uh, the Mint 400. The Mint. Yeah. Like, they're all doing what Eric Buell had already done back in like 2000. I don't know. The Ulysses was what, like 2006 or something like that? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, look at this thing. And then, and now they're coming out with the Pan America, which looks like a friggin' whale shark on the front of a. That almost kind of, from this angle, looks like the MT, the Yamaha. Yeah. You know what it kind of does. Right. And these things were cool. And they were same thing, belt drive, Sportster, pretty much the same thing as the Lightning. So you could, uh, like all the parts were there, I guess, when, when long way rounding to. Yeah, it makes me wonder with the Ulysses if the frame was different too than like my XB. Uh, I know the I know the Ulysses frame. See how long these are. Yeah, they they were definitely different. I remember, but they still had the feel in the frame, and they still had the, the ZTL. They still had like a lot of the uh, basic ideas. They just were a little bit different. Um, and I don't think the XB had these like knee cutouts on the frame. I don't remember yeah, it if does. it did. Okay, yeah, with yours has these rubber ones too. Then, huh? Because some of them were some just of them didn't smooth. have that. Yeah, or they would fall off or yeah, like the. Light. Well, let me look at this one. See how this one's just kind of smooth. Yeah, yeah, I think it was something a lot of people would put on. Yeah. So yeah, the Ulysses is rad, and also one of my favorite Buells was the TT, which was like built right when I think Nikki Hayden and all those guys were doing Super TT stuff. There was actually a um, a class called Super TT. And this is a kind of a monster because I, I don't think most of the bikes were twelve hundreds, but these. Uh, <laughs> these TTs were 1200 sportsters with like little number plates on them. And you're supposed to like supermoto them around it's like fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does not look anything like a supermoto. No, no, no. The super TT. And, um, yeah, they were racing. I forget what they were racing in super TT. I don't think they were 1200s though. I think they were like, uh, maybe seven fifties or something like, like the that. Clearance isn't too bad. Yeah, no, and I, I mean, that's all exhaust on the bottom too, right? Yeah, this is that centralized exhaust, there. still fuel in the frame. And see, this is this has that weird thing like the Ulysses did. I swear they had a different frame up here that had like this thing, like a brush guard almost. But yeah, the Super TTs were pretty rad looking, I think. And uh, I don't know. I just thought that it was a, it was a cool idea. I'm glad I'm glad you picked the ZTL. Let us down this little Buell hole, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I love going down Buell's hole, dude. <laughs> tell me about it. And the dude is a uh, the dude's <laughs> the dude's back with electric motorcycles that kind of look like these. So he's coming, and now they're called Fuel F U E L L. So, so how, well, how's this spell? F U E L L, like Buell, but with the F, because he can't. I don't think he Harley Harley owns Buell, right? Harley owns Buell, (laughs) so he did Eric Buell EBR, the engineer formerly known as Buell. Yeah, (laughs) that's what he should do, (laughs) because the guy that bought EBR, the guy that owns Liquid Asset Partners, owns the EBR and all the EBR tools and properties and proprietary stuff now. And then Hero, remember that deal he made with Hero? Wasn't Eric Buell and Hero doing Uh, something? yeah. Yeah. It was that Indian corporation when he on his second go around, and then they hosed him out of some money. Uh, I don't remember what the whole deal Is was. He with just that. like the a very unlikable person because it sounds like he's, he's like the worst just, here's the deal. Like, it sounds like he's just. Having it's the issues. same thing with Alta Motors. You're a smaller company, and these big companies either want you for a launch pad to launch a new, either they want to partner with you because they want something you got as far as like proprietary information or like a technology. And so they want to partner with you and then they 
But I just wonder why Kicking why not keep them around? I mean, it's because like- Hero did the same thing that Harley Davidson did to Alta. Hero came in with Buell, bought some proprietary rights to stuff, and then booted them out. Like, mm-hmm. if I if you wanted uh, to be the number one motorcycle podcast in America, you would probably say, "Hey, Liza, can I uh, come up there and uh, buy?" I know, I know. There's other podcasts that think they're number one. <laughs> Excuse me, I had a cough there. But, um, but I would just say that uh, the one that's been on Norman Reedus, which probably a lot of people have seen, I would say, hey, you know, can you blah blah blah, give me this or that, and then you buy like you buy motorcycles and misfits, the name from Liza, and then you're like, hey, see you in the wind, buddy, you know, and you got the name, and she got can't use it. Yeah, I got you. what I needed. Or like you say, hey, will you sell me like your audio equipment and then in my closet it says like you can't purchase this same audio equipment mm-hmm. whatever they do you know it's Give sort it of like yeah when you're in a partnership when you do legal stuff like uh, not legal stuff when you do business stuff like that the securities and exchange commission has to get involved to make sure you're not doing a monopoly there's all sorts of legal stuff it takes usually like years for these companies to get together and make like a binding legal partnership. And so by the time, sometimes they've done it, it's already fallen apart. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Or they realize that it wasn't going anywhere. So they just drop it. And maybe that's what happened with hero. They bought what they wanted. And then Hey, Buell, listen, dude, like we, we, we realize your 1200 CC V twins actually was using road taxes at that time, like in the helicons and stuff. They're like, listen, that's not going to be part of our Asian market price point so man we'll take the stuff that you gave us we'll develop our own ztl or whatever and then see you later and then the same thing you know with ebr he was a privateer guy he was running more he had more bikes racing in the asian and chinese um i think it's the pan asian like road race series or something like Mm -hmm. that then he was selling in the united states you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like he had a bunch of riders racing ebr in like world Superbike or something like that and then the pan pan asian road racing championships and in other other places and like i don't know i'm gonna say like 20 bikes sold in the u.s you know what i'm saying like he had just no dealership at that point but the the thing for him for harley was that he had a dealership network at that point mm-hmm. and he had a shop that if your bill broke down you could bring it back to because it was a Harley. it was associated with harley because he was using harley motors but the Buell story is actually pretty interesting he was a he's always been a racer not a and i mean not a businessman he's always been into racing and he was buying like little chinese bikes i believe um back in the 80s and putting his own motors in them then and racing them then basically the same thing as he was doing with buells basically what bmoda did and bmoda's out of business you know mm-hmm. bmoda would take other people's motors and uh make their frames around it and call it bmoda's you know so some some years it was suzuki some years it was a ducati it might have been an aprilia here and there so Kadiva did too right Kajiva, uh, no, Kajiva was actually, uh, when they owned, actually listen to this. I'm not even going to talk about Kajiva. Go listen to Nokomoto. They, they talk about when Ducati was just about to go out of business and Ducati really sucked and Kajiva bought Ducati <laughs> and went crazy with Ducati and now Kajiva's out of, well, Kajiva might still be in business, uh, selling some things like Benelli is, but, um, you know, now Ducati is like, you know, master of puppets. So it's mm-hmm. funny, but no, Kajivas were, um, at least for the most part, I, from what I remember from Kajivas, they were their own deal. But, um, a lot of people do that. A lot of people buy, that's why he bought Harley motors. He really, I think he liked the American stuff. You know, he's, he's Troy, 
Troy, Wisconsin, Troy, Michigan, Troy, Iowa. He's from Troy, Iowa, which is underwater right now thanks to the flooding in the Mississippi. <laughs> oh, he he worked at Harley for a long time. Yeah, he designed the FXR actually. Yeah, he um he was a motorcycle racer. He got on board a cruise ship with the Harley executive and pitched him the idea of like opening a race program at Harley and uh or continuing the race program and then went on to help build some of it i don't think he actually built the vr 1000 he had already gone on to something else at that point but like a lot of the race stuff didn't actually turn out to be buell in the end and um he kind of did what he did with the little chinese motors with buells and just started making his own bikes at that point but yeah so he he's used rotax he's used harley he used some chinese motors back in the 80s but he's always been like a guy that was more interested in racing and building stuff for purpose uh of trying something different like the fuel in the frame and the ztl and all that stuff and um kind of seeing what works and what uh not being conventional, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, we're all falling asleep in here. You guys probably are, too. It is, uh, <laughs> we have eight minutes to go, and I wanted to mention something coming up. If you're going to be at the Sacramento Mile this <laughs> Saturday, <laughs> oh, man, I'm bummed. The Sacramento Mile got canceled. Um, there is a bunch of other stuff coming up, though. There's a Hooligan Dirt Dash coming up pretty soon, Wigs. Do you know anything about that? I do. June 9th. Sunday at Del Mar. Yes. I saw that racing is returning to Del Mar, and man, my eyes got a boner. I yeah. was like, what the hell? And then my boner got a boner, and well, it all <laughs> went downhill from then. Um, so yeah, there's uh, this is going to be the first time since the last uh, Ivy League was in 2016, I think. Yeah, or maybe or maybe early, early 2017. So it's been a hot couple uh, years at least since there has been racing down in Del Mar, which is, you know, one of the coolest for me places um, to go see races just because it's so intimate and you're like, you're basically there in the stands getting mud, getting dirt on you. That's how close it is. Um, I think Jay sent me this one, the Howl and Prowl. Do you know anything about that, Jay? Uh was that one I sent to you? A long I think time ago? you sent it to me a long time ago, but it's a vintage motorcycle and chopper roundup happening May twenty fifth. That hasn't happened yet, right? I don't think so. It's a couple weeks away, so <laughs> I don't. You sent this to me like eight months ago, and I was like, "Really? <laughs> chopper people plan that?" that? Uh, it's going to be happening at Old City Park and Brewery Gulch, and just like every chopper show, it doesn't give you a time or a town. I learned I learned a couple of years ago that that's like how the cool people keep other people it's out. Enough. Yeah. So if you know where, um, well, it says noon to four here, but it doesn't tell you where. It just says Old City Park Brewery Gulch. So if you know where that is, it's like that one thing that we saw that was in uh, Pioneer Town, and we didn't think Pioneer Town was real. Not Pioneer Town. Uh, what was that one? Oh, Frontier Town. And we're like, Frontier Town doesn't sound like a real place. Turns out it was. And some people had a good time, um, but you got to know where and you got to know when. That's the hipster thing with the, they don't tell you wh- where or what. Yeah, if I find out, I'll mention it on the next episode. Okay, cool. <laughs> Hell on Wheels is coming out. They've actually broadcast their schedule uh, way ahead of time because Meatball's planning everything out nowadays. It's not so uh, fly by the seat of your pants anymore with this guy. So listen up. Sa- uh, Sunday, June 2nd, the Lucas Oil Truck Track at Glen Helen Raceway is going to be the stadium steeplechase. Um I haven't been, pardon me, I haven't been to one of these in about two years at least, maybe maybe just a year. Um, so much fun watching old bikes and 
kind of inappropriate bikes cruising around mostly a lot of Harleys and triumphs out there, uh, from the seventies banging over these, it's a, it's a trophy truck course. So there's not like motocross jumps. They're nice long, but, uh, these guys are hauling when they hit them. So it's kind of cool to see these big old massive bikes, uh, flying over the jumps out there. So if you have a chance, check that out. Uh, June 2nd, it's going to be a little bit hot unless we have the weather like we're having now where it like decides it's going to rain when it should be like a hundred degrees already. Uh, the greasy dozen run is happening May 24th through 26th in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, you have to have a greasy bike. So triumphs. Um, I'm sure you're <laughs> sure you're, uh, available to go, but their picture uh, obviously shows like an old knuckle or an old pan head or something. So it's like, well, you gotta be a cool kid. Uh, moto block, I'm pretty sure, Motoblot is a big, and they might even have this a couple times a year, but the one that I had saved was uh, the Urban Motorcycle and Hot Rod Street Rally happening June 20th and 23rd in Chicago. And you may be asking me, why are you telling me about all this stuff in June? Listen to them nuts. June is uh, like just a couple weeks away. Like we are, we are on the, what's today, the 16th of... 15th, 16th, 17th. Today's the 17th of May. I had to count. Uh, so, hey, listen, this weekend, in, in just like a couple days, the Women's Motorcycle uh, California Moto Market is going to be happening. That is uh, May 19th at the uh, three, 3191 Airport Loop Drive in Costa Mesa, California. And uh, that's going to be pretty awesome. I, I know a lot of people are going to be going to that, actually, uh, that I've been watch- stalking on Instagram. And then there's the women's sport bike rally up in uh, Monterey. Right. Going to that one. Right. I was, I saw that a couple of years ago in Big Bear. I just happened to be in Big Bear the same weekend it was there. I totally didn't know. And then last year I saw it when I was riding through like San Luis Obispo or something. It, it's, it's been moving further north every year. So um, May 31st through June 1st, if you're in Texas, and uh, apparently if you like scantily clad women, the Texas Hills Cycle Show. It's a uh, Chopper Haas, Mad Squirrel, and uh, Knives Made by Nick are all going to be sponsoring this little ditty. Um, Albert Icehouse, Albert, Texas. That's all I see here. There's not, and there's not a time. So just like every every cool kid, they didn't put the uh, the time on here. Um, did March already happen, or should we just should we not talk about stuff that already happened? Save that for another episode. All right. All right. I certainly will. Um, and then, again, like I said, Hell on Wheels, uh, June 1st, they have a steeplechase listed. June 15th, they have the Hot Summer Nights Dirt Track, which is probably going to be at Costa Mesa or Paris. Uh, July 20th, Hot Summer Nights, wherever one is, it'll be the opposite one. Um, and you can uh, check these out, actually, when it's at um, Industry Hills Expo Center. You can check it out on live stream. And uh, it's available from then on out. Actually, this is so funny. When we first started the pod, Chris Wiggins came over a couple times. Remember, we saw the Speedway videos of you on live, from the Industry Hills oh, yeah. live stream. Um, and Dirty Dane, you were very quiet this episode. You came all the way down. First, yeah, yeah <laughs> you came all the way down here. It's because you guys were hardcore nerding out, and I'm sitting here like, I'm a... Did you like it? Nothing about anything. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. Hey, guys, here's the video we were talking about a couple weeks ago, too, where the guys crashed. This isn't the snake, is it? I can't tell you. It's like a million feet away. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's the top of the snake. Is it? 
I think no, that's the parking lot. I don't right know there. what that water tower is. Yeah, I didn't that's think it surreal. was a snake. I thought it was Azusa, but... I think the snake is still closed because that bridge burned up. At the oh, yeah. Hey, listen to this, too, guys. Uh, one of my buddies at work is the ride captain for his hog chapter. Um, they're going to be heading up here. The two is closed, like, all up and down the two. Um... Let me think. There was some weather closures and some maybe construction closures, but they had to go all the way up to Sunland and cut back through Tahunga to get to the two. You can't just get off it off the two ten anymore. So like they were planning on riding all the way across, but apparently there's closures. So I was like, what the hell? We should go ride that. Do our escape from LA challenge and ride up the two. Have you ever been up the two? No. To, to Newcombs? Oh man. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm down. Ta- grab the banana, grab the or the tiger. Because yep. there's a once the clutch gets fixed, there's an escape from LA route on it. Dan, you can bring your dirty, uh, dirty Harley. It'll it'll make it if Spamalo will yeah, make it. Exploding. Yeah, <laughs> is it on the way to exploding? I don't know. That rear sprocket looks a little, uh-oh. It's a little funky. Uh oh. I got a new one coming. Is it too high a suspension in the back? And it's yeah, a pain in the ass trying to figure out how much slack to leave in the <laughs> chain because it compresses and gets really tight. Yeah, you got to put your weight on it. Yeah. What uh, Are you changing the front sprocket and the chain? No. The, okay. chain, the chain still looks really good, and the front sprocket, I thought, still looked it, good. Yeah, it looks, yeah. it looks good to me. I mean, it didn't look like the rear sprocket. The rear sprocket is The rear sprocket's no good. Your new one's going to last like two months. Yeah, I'm probably going to go back to the belt, which I kept. <laughs> Those well, belts are carbon rule of thumb is fiber, right? Change all three or don't change any. Yeah. Because it's like basically your rear sprocket's trashed and your chain might look good, but it's worn to that rear sprocket. Mm-hmm. So if you put a new one on, the worn chain is just going to wear the sprocket to it. I'm just going to live in ignorance and believe that it's been perfectly wearing. <laughs> Even if it was perfectly wearing, when you put a new one on, it's going to be different. Yeah, I think I need to go back to that. So I have 15 inch suspension on the back. Yeah. And like the highest anyone ever goes is like 13. And yeah. A half. So I had to do some modifications to get it there. And then you had to weld like a slack issue is a, a five inch chunk of rebar to the get the side stand to touch the ground. You're actually your bike just tips. I have tips. a really long yeah, stand your, your on bike there and it's tips. still pretty pitched over. Yeah. My dyna is super lifted. I just let it lean. Yeah. Wiggins is about to tear down this house. His uh, sporty, he put a, uh, like a $12 a bicycle kickstand on it. <laughs> It worked for like a second. <laughs> yeah. But that was a fun ride. Yeah. Um, are you gonna stop by? Are you gonna come by next week too? Maybe. I'll Maybe. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So de- check them I'd out. Like to, like yeah. Because yeah. 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 then we'll. Because we chopped out. We, we chopped out. A, yeah. We'll they're pretty, pretty, pretty dumb. And look at our yeah. bikes. That's what bikes are for, staring at. <laughs> Pretty much at, at the, the yeah, at bikes and coffees. That's exactly what they're for. Um, so, because yeah, we cut out your whole, <clears throat> basically your whole backstory. It's probably, probably a good thing. Aww. you're an interesting guy. I don't know. During editing, I was, I was like, yeah. He rides a unicycle. He. Uh, we'll talk about it on the next episode. <laughs> All right, and with that, we are uh, we're just about out of time. Does anybody have any super significant or meaningful messages they'd like to get out to the listeners? Arr. Jay, come on. <laughs> I'm the pirate. Well, if you're a pirate, what's a pirate's favorite brand of socks? 
Argyle. Oh, he's good. <laughs> Listen. Favorite he's continent? like the king of dad jokes. Australia. No con. con- Incontinent? Oh, Antarctica. <laughs> Favorite continent? Wisconsin. <laughs> That's a state. <laughs> Not if you're a pirate. Uh, and my last question to all you pirates out there. If a seagull flies over the sea, what flies over the bay? Peace out. <laughs>